I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome in. Good morning here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We are live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and it is our Final show before Super Bowl Sunday. Andrew Rogers here with me. I'm Ravi Lula. AR, what's going on, buddy? Hey, I got to ask you because you are, um, you know, so close, so close to Sunday at this point. Mm -hmm. As a fan that has a team in the Super Bowl, which I don't really know much about, (laughs) how, how are you feeling knowing that, one, this is a rematch from four years ago. Yep. And... You, you know how that one went, right? Yep. 20 to 10 going into half. Then it got away from the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you have to see Mahomes again. Yeah, I mean, so that's why, you know, kind of since conference championship week, I've been a little bit uh, freaking out is too strong of a word. But, you know, I kept asking the questions like, I think the Ravens are better. I don't want to face Mahomes, right? I kept saying that when it, with our guests and, and everybody. And I just – I'm not like it's like even a PTSD thing from four years ago. It's just he's the new Brady. He's the guy that you never want to bet against. And when your team is playing the guy you never want to bet against, you don't feel great, right? Like because there's a reason you don't bet against that guy. Same reason, you know, that I was, um, you know, same reason that I I went with the Chiefs in the conference championship game. I was like, this is just the dude. Like he's just the dude, and I don't feel. I don't feel good about going up against that guy. And I, I honestly, I think the matchup with the 49ers is really similar to the matchup that they just had with the Ravens. I think the 49ers have a better roster. I don't feel good about ever saying, like, yep, Patrick Mahomes is going to lose a game. Like, that just, especially in the playoffs, doesn't feel um, awesome. I will say, as somebody who roots for the 49ers, I kind of have been, like, dissociating a little bit like I I go through kind of the process of how we do the show right and it's like oh let's talk about this and let's talk about this I haven't really allowed myself to think about the fact that hey you know in a couple days your team is actually playing in the Super Bowl and you have you know you have to go up against Patrick Mahomes and and all this right but I kind of comfort myself by saying okay well Eli Manning beat Tom Brady twice like it can happen if if Brock Purdy can just be Eli Manning which, if you know anything about me, that is not a high bar in my mind to clear, being Eli Manning. 
Like, if he can just be Eli Manning, like, I keep talking myself into, okay, that's feasible. Like, that you could do that. That's doable. Is it likely? Maybe not. But it's doable, and that's it's all I need. Definitely not Isaiah likely. <laughs> I just need it to be I just need it to be plausible, all right? I don't need it to be probable. So, um, that's where I'm at. I'm sure Sunday I'll probably start to get pretty anxious. Um, just because it's, a, you know, I mean, partly because... Like, Super Bowl Sunday is the all-time Sunday scaries, right? Because you wake up Monday and there's no more football. And well, maybe maybe for you. I, I have two months of buildup for the number one pick. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, but no more football games, right? You know me. <laughs> I love me a combine. I love a draft. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So I'm not, you know, I, I can stay in it a little bit longer than we got spring football. You know, so it's not really, you get to the end of, you know, like mid-May, and you're like, oh, there's real – it's a desert here now. There is no football to be found. <laughs> yeah, you're going to start a flag football league in Omaha. Well, you know, I might start – I'm going to end up watching, like, the UFL probably because I'll be like, listen, maybe maybe the, maybe the, it's not that bad. Maybe I'll see somebody I like from college or whatever. <laughs> Travis says UFL. Come on, Ravi. Um, but, yeah, so no I – Battle Hawks. <laughs> There we go. I'm getting you a T-shirt. You're becoming a fan with me. Listen, I don't have a team. You know, I need to adopt somebody. It's, uh, you know, it's The Rock's latest venture, and I love me some Dwayne Johnson. So let's let's do it. Let's be a Battlehawks fan. It's a cool name. I don't know what it Why means. I- you know, you know the the uh, slogan. I, I say the slogan, but it's like the fan slogan is "cacaw." Mm-hmm. So like, anytime you talk about the Battlehawks, you go "cacaw." So, I mean, think about how, how awesome that is, just for one. Well, and true, yes. And, and two, like, the Battlehawks is – that up with the Supernovas with premier names. It's in a good league. name. It's a good name. It really is. Um, yeah, that's uh, – so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to investigate being a Battlehawks fan. I'm, I'm willing to, uh, to look into it. But, no, it's uh, – it's, I probably will start getting pretty anxious, like, Sunday – until then, I'm usually able to, if I remember last or four years ago correctly at least, I'm usually able to, to keep it pretty calm until then. And then Sunday, probably around noon, is when I'll start to, you know, kind of feel the, the little anxiousness in my tummy and being like, I'm not ready for this. It's great to not having a team or some sort of rooting interest in this game. Now, I'll probably have some outstanding sports bets, which uh, which are your rooting interest ahead of time, <laughs> yeah. courtesy of Warhorse, um, which means I have to come back to Omaha to cash them. That's true. Which is kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, because you got to come uh, visit us and then yeah. you get some cash for it. Right. Pay for exactly. your trip. You're good to go. It, and you know what's great about that, too? On top of it, I have national championship outstanding bets in Vegas from my trip in January. Oh, nice. So so if Creighton, if Nebraska, or if Texas wins the national title, you go I'm back going to Vegas. to Vegas for free, baby. <laughs> I'm going go. to Vegas for free. <laughs> there we go. I love it. Well, let me uh, set up the show real quick because we got way too much stuff to get to, as you can imagine, on a day like today. Coming up here at eight o'clock we're going to talk to our guy Damon Benning going to preview the Super Bowl a little bit with DB Uh, we had Matt Verzal move up to 8 30 this morning so we could kind of close out the show the way we uh, wanted to with Super Bowl picks and stuff like that Uh, so Verz was was gracious enough to uh, move his time slot for us 8 45 super excited to talk to Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network we've talked to her a couple times she's been super gracious with her time with us and 
we got her on the last show before the Super Bowl because that was, I mean, that was a request that Andrew and I made. It was like, hey, let's get Cynthia back on the last day before uh, the Super Bowl. So we're super excited to have her. Then Mike Sodder will join us at 9 a.m. live in studio like he always does. Um, and then we've got some fun stuff kind of planned throughout the day here as well. So at the very end of the show, we're going to do a Super Bowl party food draft, much like we did for Thanksgiving. Andrew has compiled a list. Cam, Andrew, and I are going to draft and see who ends up with the best Super Bowl party food and drink. Don't, don't forget about the drink as well. Um, and then I think Andrew threw a surprise category in there as well that'll be fun. Uh, that's at the very end of the show. Obviously, Andrew and I will do our picks, and we'll kind of run through the uh, War Horse prop card that we've been talking about for the last month uh, that, you know, maybe you can get some ideas on how to try and go 25 for 25 and try and win that $100,000 with War Horse. Um, so we'll give, you, we'll give you some of our thoughts there as well. Um, but before we get to any of that, yesterday – Husker 24-7, we talked about it with uh, BC a little bit. The Super 6 came out. And it's great timing because I thought to myself, you know, we did Super 6 for Huskers. Let's do Super 6 for Super Bowl as well. The Super Super Bowl. The Super Bowl Super 6. It's a little bit of a mouthful. But I thought to myself, okay, we do the Super 6 for the Huskers where it's the the six most impactful newcomers. However, However we decide however we decide to you know judge that so I thought hey let's do a Super Bowl Super 6 and I gave you no criteria whatsoever I said six total players from both teams so we're doing only six not 12 here and I said just give me six players and I included coaches in this too and I would say hey just give me the six players or coaches from both teams that you think will be the most impactful. And that's a very vague word, right? Impactful, like could be good, could be bad, could be whatever. Um, but I, I thought it would be a really good way to kind of work through how each of us are thinking through the Super Bowl. And so here's what I ended up finding out, Andrew, while I was going through my picks, or while I was making my picks last night, is I ended up almost putting like five 49ers on this list. And not because I'm a fan, actually. I know that's probably where people are like, ah, oh, what a home or whatever. But it's actually because I'm less sure of what the 49ers are in this situation. Right? I, the reason I found myself gravitating towards 49ers over Chiefs was I feel like I know exactly who some of these Chiefs guys are in this situation because I just saw them here last year. I've seen them here a couple times overall. And I'm like, you know, I feel like I know – who these guys are in this situation. So it almost ended up being, to me, like the wild card is too strong of a word, but guys that could be the most impactful but had like a variance of good or bad, right? So I'll start going from there. Now, this does not really fit that criteria, but I didn't want to overthink my number one spot. My number one's Patrick Mahomes, okay? Kind of like Dylan Rayola. Yeah, just like DR, I was going to say exactly what I was going to say. Just like DR, you don't want to overthink the top spot. Like, it is, it, listen, if, if, if Patrick Mahomes goes, you know, supernova Patrick Mahomes and is cooking and he's scrambling and extending plays and doing all that, like, it's over. Right, ball game, nothing else, no one else's name on this list matters. Right? If if Patrick Mahomes is going full like Chef Curry mode, we are done here. Right? So that's why he's number one on my list. I didn't want to overthink that. I assume he's number one on yours as well. He is number one. You know, he's the first player at the position to start four Super Bowls under the age of thirty. 
um, that right there is such a prestigious stat on its own. It's bonkers. He's seek, yeah, he's seeking his third Super Bowl MVP. Mahomes is more combined playoff wins in a six-year span than any other quarterback. It, there's a reason Patrick Mahomes has been able to create this name for himself, especially this season as well. You look at his turnover numbers, and he hit a career high and had if he finished the regular season with his worst record, and I say worst record of 11-6 and six, yeah. uh, of his time as a starter. But he's gotten back to his old ways, if, if he even needed to get back to old ways. He's 3-0 and with zero turnovers in the playoffs. He's playing his best football, and you're right. Um, if he can be the magician, we all know that he is. The 49ers are are in for a long, long Sunday evening. Yeah, it's a it's a total wrap. If if he's if he's who he can be, if which part of that, you know, we always talk about this with football, right? It's really hard to isolate anybody's performance. Part of that is obviously gonna mean like, okay, his receivers are playing well and the 49ers defense isn't able to get pressure on him with four and like that kind of stuff, right? So there's a lot that goes into that one. But if he is playing at peak Patrick Mahomes level and no one stops him from it, it's going to be a problem. Um, So number two for me, again, this is probably just me not overthinking it here. It It starts to get wonky for me at three, if I'm being honest. But number two for me is Brock Purdy. And this one, there's a ton of variance here, right? If we have a Baltimore Ravens four interception Brock Purdy, again, this thing is a wrap. If we have, in a bad way for 49ers fans, obviously, if... If if we get a uh, Brock Purdy looks like kind of midseason MVP version of him and he's able to distribute to all those playmakers and he's able to control the game and, and keep the 49ers on the field and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field and, you know, make sure McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle and Ayuk are all getting involved in the passing and running game and all that kind of stuff that Shanahan's dialing up, then the 49ers have a really good shot at winning the Super Bowl here. That, to me, is he's probably got the biggest variance in terms of positive or negative impact. And so for that reason, I've got him number two. Yeah, that's a little high for my list. I'm with McCaffrey at two. He's been an MVP candidate all year, and his numbers prove that. Mm -hmm. Over 2,000 total yards, 1,400 on the ground, 560 through the air. He's got 21 touchdowns. He's just been imposing his will in the playoffs. And uh, he's, with 188 rush yards and four scores and the two wins, I could not keep him any lower than two for just the impact that he brings on his own. Because I also look at, okay, the, the prowess of him in this offense versus Purdy. And if I want one or the other, I know where you're going and I know where your head's at with mm-hmm. the Purdy take. But McCaffrey just – it's, it's more of a solid option while the ice may be melting a little bit in, in Purdy's court. So because of that, I'm going with the for sure versus the variable. See, and I actually agree with you with all your points, and that just goes to show you how we thought differently about our list, right? Mine is almost like storylines, right? If, if, the, if this happens one way or another, this guy's going to be the story. I, I actually agree. Christian McCaffrey is – one of the things I'm most sure about in this game, he's going to get his yards. He's going to get probably one or two touchdowns. He's going to receive. He's going to get some receiving yards. He's going to get some rushing yards. He's going to be an impactful player. 
but I feel like I know that without a shadow of a doubt. So I didn't even put him on my list, if I'm being honest. I Well, that, that that's, again, like what, what I talked about yesterday with Dylan Raiola. You still have to include him. Yeah, I know. And I, like I said, I probably overthought this a little bit at starting at number three. Um, but I, I, I felt like, you know, this is a dude that I know exactly what I'm going to get out of him. So I don't even need to include him, which is, again, the reason why my list – was starting to skew really 49er heavy because I feel like I know way more about the Chiefs. Um, so my number three is, and this is, again, it starts to get a little wonky for me here because I, I was thinking about the list in a weird way, um, and which is my own fault because it's my list and it was my idea. <laughs> so I'm just like, ah, this is... You were this, losing sleep over your own list. Yeah, th- no, this is a problem of my own making. I'm very aware of this. Uh, number three on my list, I've got Kyle Shanahan because of his... History in Super Bowls, um, you know, you mentioned blowing the 10-point lead uh, in 2019-2020, and he obviously had the, the big blown lead as an offensive coordinator in Atlanta. And the, um, the I think pressure may be the wrong word, but there, there will be a lot of attention paid to, especially if the 49ers have a lead, um, how he handles the play calling, how he handles situationally. I think there is a lot of attention on Kyle Shanahan tomorrow. Again, I know exactly what I'm going to get out of Andy Reid. I know exactly what I'm going to get out of Andy Reid. I'm going to get a great game plan. He's going to um, he's going to get exactly what he needs throughout of his team. I trust his play calling in every situation. I, I don't need to find out about Andy Reid, because I already know. I we do need to find out a little bit about Kyle Shanahan in this moment, and that to me is why he was so high on the list because he's got kind of some history with Super Bowls. Travis Kelsey is my number three. Um, remains Patrick Mahomes' favorite weapon. Mm-hmm. Eight straight seasons with at least nine hundred receiving yards in three games here in postseason play. 262 yards and three touchdowns. And look, we've talked about Kelsey all year and how much of a down year for him that he's having and it's kind of like this he is if 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 he has the big game then Mahomes in this offense will go he as much as Mahomes is the engine that makes the offense go I I almost want to make the argument that it's Kelsey at the end of the day Mm. because if Mahomes doesn't have guys to throw to or that for sure option to get the football to then he he's not as dynamic as we normally uh, that as as we normally see him every Sunday. Um, you, you know, you think back to that game against Buffalo, mm-hmm. the 13 second game was that that was last season, right? I mean, it feels like forever ago. Um, I think so. I, I I'm pretty sure it was last season. It does feel like and, six years ago, but I, I think it was last year. And you you look at the very first play with 13 seconds to go, and it's a screen pass to Tyreek Hill. It's like, okay, yeah, for sure option for Mahomes. Then you look at the very next play, and it's a short pass to Kelsey who gets them in field goal range. So without Tyreek Hill this year, you only have Kelsey to rely on in those big moments, and that's why he ranks so high on this list. It's because of his impact for that team. I think it was Pacheco, right? Tyreek Hill's been gone two years. Was it Pacheco? Well, then it was two years ago. Okay, it might the have first been. one was definitely Tyreek. Okay, Hill. it might have, it must have been two years ago then. Um, I'm, I'm pre- pretty sure. Yeah, um, 
but I, it, regardless, I agree. I do have Travis Kelsey on the list because of it's because of his ability to ad lib with Patrick Mahomes. Now I've got him a little bit lower, but they've got a like unspoken eye contact, like weird twins uh, tele- telepathy bond that they just know where the other one's going in a way that makes. Yeah, I mean, you can do everything right and still give up a huge play or a touchdown or that allows them to get into field goal range. It's why I said yesterday Patrick Mahomes cannot have the ball in a one-possession game late. Like, I just that, – that's the worst-case scenario for me other than, you know, the 49ers being blown out or whatever, right? It, like, Patrick Mahomes having the ball in a one-possession game is just a nightmare fuel for me. Um, but I, I do have Kelsey on that list as opposed to some of these other guys because there is a ton of ad-lib ability with him and, and Patrick Mahomes. I don't have him till five. A guy that I just mentioned – I've got Isaiah Pacheco at four. Um, I think he's really, really important to the Chiefs' game plan. And I also think he's really, really important because we saw what the Lions did to the 49ers' rush defense in the NFC Championship game. If Pacheco's able to start shredding them up the way that Gibbs and Montgomery were able to for Detroit, the 49ers are in real trouble. They're in, like, real, real deep trouble if Pacheco's able to do that to them. Even if it's just for a half like it was against Detroit – they're in, they're in some problems because in the second half, they don't have to go against Jared Goff. They have to go against Patrick Mahomes, even if they figure out the run game. So um, that, to me, Pacheco's a huge factor in this game uh, because of the questionable 49ers run defense that we saw. And I think if he performs well, obviously it makes the Chiefs offense less or more dynamic and less one-dimensional. And that is going to make them that much harder to stop. I mean, they're hard enough to stop with Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey the way we're talking about anyway. But Pacheco, I think, opens up a whole other realm for Andy Reid and his play calling, and that, that, that scares me a little bit. Now, you went four or five back-to-back, back, and to help speed this thing up, I'll do that too because my four is somebody you've already talked about, and that's Brock Purdy. Mm, sure. So this is where Purdy lands on the list for me because he's not as – dominant as the other three that I mentioned, but you're absolutely right in the fact of saying that if Brock Purdy has a good day, the 49ers, the 49ers will have a good day. If he doesn't have a good day, then it's, it's, well, you're not going to have a lot of fun watching that football game, Robbie. Um, no, I'm not. You know, it, there, there's just a ton that I could get into, but I think the biggest thing here is to go back on what Mike Lombardi said on the show yesterday when he called him Kurt Warner, like Brock Purdy's an afterthought. He's always been an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Coming into the league, he was Mr. Irrelevant. And remember Kurt Warner and his story just for a moment, how he improbably led the NFL in key passing marks during his first year as a full-time starter. Mm-hmm. He produced his first comeback victories in the playoffs and went on to lead that greatest show on turf offense to the Super Bowl. Well, we're kind of seeing a lot of that reflecting in the mirror, and Brock Purdy's on the other side. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the MVP caliber season Purdy's had, 21-4 and with him under center, including playoffs as a starter with the 49ers. 44 touchdowns, 15 interceptions in his total career. But statistically, he was the most efficient quarterback in the NFL this year. Mm -hmm. That paced all starters. So he's having that dream season. Mm -hmm. He's having that Kurt Warner-like season. And if I remember the greatest show on turf, Robbie, I think uh, something good happened in the end. They may have won a Super Bowl. I'm almost positive. And then my number five, just so we can get to that one, is Harrison Butker. 
Now, Ooh. I mentioned. I knew you were going to put a kicker on here. I had to put a kicker <laughs> on here. Come on. And I couldn't put Jake Moody because he doesn't have the clutch gene that Harrison Butler I know. has. Um, that, he scares me a little bit. Just not yet, right? I mean, he is a he is a former third round pick, and you yeah. know he's a rookie this year. But Harrison Butker has been old reliable mm-hmm. for this Chiefs team, and that includes the playoffs. That includes the regular season. That includes probably every scrimmage that he's played on the field in the off season. Um, I mean, there was one time where he kicked a field goal from like sixty four, and the Chiefs got to skip practice the next day because that's what Andy <laughs> Reid uh, like wagered in that moment. So Harrison Butker is just, he's an unstoppable force. He's had a career high in field goal conversions this year. He's hitting 100% of his PA or his extra points, right? And we know how many kickers miss PAT. He's a perfect seven for seven on playoff field goals this year. If he gets in field goal range at any point in time, especially late in the game, say it's 24 all, and the Chiefs have a game winning field goal from 51 yards out, Robbie, you can just turn the TV off right now. Well, I don't like that, Andrew. Uh, Coming up, we will finish out our Super Bowl Super 6. We will dive into our real Super 6, and hopefully Andrew doesn't have any more kickers on his list. We'll see. Coming up next on Her Sports Radio. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Heard at Sports Radio. Back to at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm here with me, and we are going through our Super Bowl Super Six. We've gone one through five already, and we've got six and our sleeper up left. And I've got another coach at my six. It's Steve Wilkes, okay. 49ers defensive coordinator. We talked about this earlier in the week, right? The 49ers have all the talent you could want on defense. They have not always played that way, especially in the playoffs, especially in the first half of both of their playoff games. I, I am kind of using Steve Wilkes almost as a placeholder for the entire defense, because I obviously I didn't want to put a whole unit on here, but I also do think he specifically has a lot to do with a lot to do with what's happening here. Because you know we heard a lot about uh, we didn't play with good effort against the 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 Lions, and you know there was there was some some issues there. I I wonder how much of it's that, and I wonder how much of it was defensive play calling and having them prepared for the Lions' offense. That to me is a concern here in this game. If the 49ers can fix that side of the ball, starting with Steve Wilkes, they're going to be in much better shape. Because what did we talk about earlier? If you, if you, if you can get 
Brock Purdy to be Eli Manning in this scenario to knock off the the new Tom Brady, which is our guy Patrick Mahomes, then you need the 49ers defense to do what the Giants defense did to Tom Brady. That's heat him up without bringing extra guys. That's the biggest thing is get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. If you can get pressure with four, which the 49ers should be able to with their with the guys they have up there with with uh, Bosa and Hargrave and Armstead and and uh, and Chase Young and they got Randy Gregory coming in off the as a pass rush specialist like they should be able to get to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes then they'll be in good shape but Steve Wilkes has to have a good game. He deserves a lot of credit too for taking over a D'Amico Ryan's yeah. defense and making them Super Bowl contenders again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, another point to add. If I was probably choosing between him and Spags, I would lean Spags because of the work that he did this season. But I think you're on to something when you when you talk about this defense kind of being the missing piece of the 49ers effort as a whole, because the guy I have at six is Nick Bosa. Mm, fair. So I, I, I stuck to just one guy because Bosa has just not been there. In fact, he's basically disappeared. And you, you wonder because you, you look at the linebacking group and, and you Fred Warner and company are like, they're the hard-hitting guys, and they have been this postseason. But where is, like, the line gone? Because it's almost as if they're the soft-hitting of the group. And you can't have that, especially against Mahomes when you have to get uh, a ton of QB hurries. So I, I have Bosa on this list because not only is – he the most talented defensive player on the football field. He still has like a lot to unleash. Like just take the cork out of the bottle. That's what they need to figure out how to do in this game. If, if he can pop that cork and let the champagne flow, the champagne will continue to flow in the locker room after this game. Bosa has a lot of experience. He's been to the Super Bowl before mm-hmm. and he'll need to be super six worthy for San Francisco to have a chance and stopping Mahomes, because what do we know about this defense right now? They're giving up what, like 159 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's just one statistic of how poor this defense has been playing. If for one night, right? Because look at any point in time, a really good defense, especially an elite defense like this one good night, that's all they need. Why not on Super Bowl night? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why not? I, I, if it hasn't been coming in the games before, this defense will not just, you know, stay stay as low as they are. The only place they have to go right now is up, and it only makes sense for that to happen right now. Yeah, the uh, so I, I do want to clarify a little bit on Bosa. So he he did have two sacks against the Lions, but I think I understand what you mean because he didn't have a ton of consistent pressure against the Lions. They. And that's the 49ers as a whole, um, but Bosa as well. It was very kind of boom or bust, and that's not going to work with Mahomes. You need to have consistent QB pressure where you're just living in their backfield. And so, yeah, the stats could be a little misleading and say, yeah, okay, well, he got, he, got, he got to Jared Goff twice. It's like, yeah, but those were about the only two times he got there, right? I need him to get there 10 or 12 times, whether it's him or the, the rest of the line or whoever, right? I need them to get there consistently, and whether you actually get the sack or not is often secondary uh, to how you impact Mahomes and what he's able to do on that play. Now, with Mahomes, you probably do need to finish a lot of those with sacks because of his ability to extend plays and, and make life difficult if, you're, um, if you get him out of the pocket and allow him to improvise a little bit. But, you know, we were talking to Lombardi yesterday. Remember 
the way he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay lived in his backfield. And it, like, yeah, I don't, I have no idea how many sacks Tampa Bay had in that game, but the enduring image of that game for me is them chasing Patrick Mahomes, right? And if the 49ers can replicate that, which they've got the guys to do it, let's be clear here, they have the guys to do it. Whether they can actually execute that or not is probably going to make the difference in this game. And so I think we're very much on the same page there uh, with our last, our last pick in the Super 6. Now, it is time for sleepers. Now, my favorite. It is. It's so – this one was, was difficult for me because there's a lot of guys I could have picked here. I could have put McCaffrey here, but, again, I feel like I know what I'm getting out of McCaffrey, so he doesn't make sense as a sleeper. Um, I felt like I could have put basically any of the Chiefs receivers here because we have no idea what we're going to get out of them, whether they're going to catch the ball on any given day or not. Um, But where I ended up going was a guy I mentioned with B. Edwards yesterday that I think has really high boom potential in this game, and that's Debo Samuel. I think that – because there's there's games, if you watch the 49ers – Frequently, there's games where where Debo Samuel is like a normal dude, and then there's games where Debo Samuel is Superman, and he does he he takes you know eight yard passes and takes them to the house, and he just bullies people, and he's breaking tackles like he's Tim Riggins on Friday Night Lights. Like this is a dude that has another level to him that you don't always see, and I don't think it's an effort issue. I just think there's some games games that he really pops off, and I think that, that to me is why he's my sleeper because I think there's like a certain level to expect out of Debo, but there's this whole other level that he can get to. And if we see that level, again, a lot of it's to do with Brock Purdy, a lot of it's to do with some of the other pieces around him. But if he gets to that level, the 49ers are in really good shape. My sleeper is more of a group and not a player because I had a hard time really – pinpointing just one guy in this group. So I'm I'm going with the Chiefs defensive backs. Mm, okay. Because they, they've been locked down. They've been aggressive. It, this trio of cornerbacks in LeJarrius Sneed and in Trent McDuffie, and then you add in Justin Reed, they've combined for 15 tackles for loss and 27 pass deflections, including the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like this, this trio – did anybody expect the Chiefs to look like this in the past game? Absolutely not. I don't think so, no. Uh, and, and and you know what? They, they've done everything they've needed to do and everything that's been asked of them and more. And so they are kind of the X factor mm-hmm. in this game, especially uh, to see how Purdy works them. Because it's not like this, this 49ers offense is so old school where they just kind of run it down your throat and then maybe on third down, they'll get a little cute. Like, no, Purdy likes to drop back. Mm-hmm. He likes to look down the field. And I'm, I'm really going to pay attention to a Debo Samuel in this game to see how he gets open. I'm going to pay a lot of attention to Travis Kelsey to see how he can beat those Chiefs – or Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, excuse me, to see how he can beat those Chiefs linebackers. And also Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wonder about him and, and, and seeing how much separation he can create from those DBs, but the chiefs are locked down and they're not afraid to play tight on you. 
and they're going to make you work for every single yard. They're the sleeper for me in the Super 6. Yeah, that's, and that's a good pick. It's it's a unit that I think a lot of people thought would be good, but they've taken a leap this year that to a level that I don't know that a lot of people were expecting. The other thing is it's a really interesting matchup because I don't know that the Chiefs have faced a team. I mean, mostly because there's really not that many teams in the league that have as many weapons as the 49ers have, right? It's easy to figure out how to stop one or two guys. When you've got three or four, it starts becoming another thing. And the 49ers legitimately have four in McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk. That's where it gets super interesting here, and that's why I think this is such a great Super Bowl matchup. That's our Super Bowl Super 6. We will wrap up our number one by jumping into our regular Super 6 with the Huskers that got released by Husker 24-7 yesterday. Next on Herd at Sports Radio. We'll Wrapping up hour number one here on Herd App Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. DK, I think, uh, giving one of his super six as Justin Reed for the Chiefs will likely be manned up against Kittle for their blitz packages. That's a uh, good call out there by TK. Defending, uh, defending Kittle and defending the other 49ers' weapons is going to be Really, like I said before the break, having four guys that can all sort of change a game for you is a huge advantage for the 49ers. And as good as the Chiefs' defense is, they haven't seen this before. I'm not saying that means they're going to lose. I'm not saying that means they're not going to be able to deal with it. I'm just saying they haven't dealt with it yet, so it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Um, But that uh, wraps up our Super Bowl Super 6. Let's hop into our Nebraska Super 6. Came out on uh, Husker 24-7 yesterday. Andrew and I both contributed lists to uh, the voting here. Uh, Quick reminder, the final results were Dylan Rayola 1, Carter Nelson 2, Grant Bricks 3, Caleb Benning 4, Dante Dowdell 5, and Micah Mazuka at 6. But we wanted to jump specifically into the picks that Andrew and I made uh, because ours were a little different than the consensus. And I kind of just wanted to walk through our thought process here as just sort of an exercise of, of how we're thinking through the how we're thinking through the the team here. Uh, coming up into spring practice. So both of us put Dylan Rayola at number one. Pretty self-explanatory. Not sure we need to dive into that a bunch. Like that's... No, I, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> top recruit ever, biggest area of need. Yeah. That's that. Like, yeah, very likely the starting quarterback. I know they're trying to... I know they're trying to tell everybody like, oh, no, we're, it's open. Okay, all right, whatever. If Dylan Rayola doesn't get this job, uh, something something went wrong. Like, it's like I told BC yesterday, the state will burn down. It might. Like, I'm not 100% sure that's not accurate. Uh, so moving on to number two. I jumped – so I was way out on a limb on this one, apparently, because not only did my number two guy not make the Super 6, but was not on very many ballots and was a, a kind of a, a largely forgotten by most of the people – that uh, 
that, that kind of made these lists. And that was Jamal Banks for me, the transfer wide receiver from Wake Forest. To me, you mentioned area of need with the quarterback spot in Rayola. To me, this and running back were huge areas of need on the offense for Nebraska. I like a lot of the guys they're bringing back and that they've got coming in for receivers. I want to be very clear about that. They don't have anyone with this level of production coming back. That, to me, is really, really important, especially if you're having a true freshman quarterback starting in game one. Um, the, the issue of having not just a true, starting quarterback, a true freshman starting quarterback, but also some pretty inexperienced wide receivers, that, to me, would have been um, a really uncomfortable situation. They, yes, they can learn and grow together, but I'd like to have a safety net, a security blanket for Dylan Rayola. And to me, that's Jamal Banks. He's got the experience at the Power 5 level. He's produced at this level. I, I think he's a hugely important – and listen, if he only performs at a Billy Kemp level next year, then that's probably – and this is nothing against Billy Kemp. He had a tough time with quarterbacks and everything. I think you need him to be a little more impactful. Now, I'm not saying numbers necessarily, but I don't think Billy Kemp had a, whole, a huge overall impact on the season. Jamal Banks probably needs to have a larger impact than Billy Kemp, even if the numbers aren't hugely different. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely he has to have a bigger impact. I like Banks on the list. Um, I did not include him, as you know, because mm-hmm. I, I liked the state that the wide receiving room was in, and I thought they were actually a lone bright spot for that offensive group as a whole last season. So I wasn't too worried about that. I went with um, the best two-way player in the state as mm-hmm. my number two and Caleb Benning. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did this was because I think he could turn out to be um, a superstar at Nebraska, a future captain of this defense at Nebraska. His focus, his work ethic, his gamesmanship are traits that I really like about him. Now he's all business. He's a great teammate. He's shown that leadership in, at the high school level. You know, I, I I think back to even that moment where he lateraled a punt return to his buddy so he could yep. score a touchdown. Like that's the character that you get out of a guy like Caleb Benning. And on top of it all, the best thing I think he has, and I mentioned gamesmanship, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper into that. He plays with a psychological advantage. He is the salesperson to their customer. He is better able to read and control the other. And that is just uh, something you can't teach. It's something that you develop on your own. He's got a fantastic attitude and outlook on the game. He could really bud into a superstar at Nebraska. Yeah, I've got Caleb on my list, too. He's a little bit further down, um, but I'll talk about my thoughts on him here because since you've got him at, at two. The only reason I didn't have him higher was I wasn't sure as a true freshman, and I put a lot of emphasis on this year uh, in my list. I wasn't sure as a true freshman what his total role will be. I think he's going to contribute in special teams immediately. We saw, And that's another one, too. Remember that. I mentioned the punt returns. Yeah. What, what was Nebraska lacking in yeah. last season? The return game was terrible, right? Like, it, not good. And he's not only got the physical skills to do it, but he's got the mentality to do it as well. You mentioned that psychological advantage. It takes a special kind of sicko to want to return punts. You're just staring straight up in the sky while people are missling towards you. Like, that is a special level of what's going on in your head. He loves returning punts. Like, that is a thing – from everything I can tell between talking to DB and like being around him a little bit, 
like he seems to really, really enjoy that aspect of the game, and he's really good at it. That mentality and having someone, another option back there at least for punt returns, I think is where he will make his earliest impact. I don't know with where the defense is in terms of who they've got coming in, who they've got bringing back, how much of an impact he'll make as a true freshman on defense. Long term, totally agree with you, but that's why he wasn't a little bit. Um, uh, that's why he wasn't a little bit higher on my list. My number two. Sorry, I went to the Super Bowl list for a second. No, 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 you're good. I was just going to say quickly, <laughs> I just wanted to find that perfect balance of yeah. future and now, which sure. is another reason yep. why I elevated certain young guys on my list Absolutely. to kind of meet my standard. So my number three, another guy who's only going to be here for a year uh, and is, so I obviously am only looking at his one-year impact, is Micah Mazuka, the transfer offensive lineman from Florida, the – impact I think he he gives you as a immediate starter um, I think I know that you know the, the said some that there's been some things said that he's got some work to do still and, and I, I understand that um, I expect him to be a starter day one in the fall camp and, and in game one um, he's a guy coming from the SEC that helps give you depth and talent on an in an offensive line that I, I think is going to need to take another step forward they were I was really impressed with their progress last year with the additional depth and guys coming off red shirts and new guys coming in. I think their ability to take that next step from, hey, they're pretty good, a little beating expectations a little bit, to being an actual, hey, this is, a, this is the strong point of our team. I think Micah Mazuka needs to be a big factor in turning that into a strength for Nebraska. So I've got him at three on my list. The other thing Mazuka gives you is that ability to bridge the developing gap mm-hmm. for some of the young offensive linemen that may need an extra year or an extra, you know, off season of practices to really kind of get yep. themselves ready for the college game. The Sam Sledges, the Gunnar Gatulas of the world, even like the those Grant Brickses, yeah, and and the Grant Brickses in his first season, mm-hmm. like those guys need that extra that extra set of practices, those extra set of reps. And, and we talked about maximizing reps yesterday. Mm-hmm. If you can maximize those young guys by having Mazuka in as the starter right now, it, it, it will help in the long run. We talk about the long run here. That will help a ton in the long run. Mazuka is five on my list. Going back to three, it's Dante Dowdell. Mm-hmm. He provides a much-needed spark to the running back room. He comes over from an impressive Washington or Oregon offense with a winning culture, and he finished his high school career with 5,300 rushing yards and 65 touchdowns. The reason I brought up high school is we didn't see really a lot of him mm-hmm. in college last season, but if he can – uh, you know, just branch off of that high school career, that tremendous high school career that we saw, uh, you're going to see not only a guy that provides you a much needed spark in the offense, like I said, but depth and he's been healthy most of his career. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something to to take note of too, because the running back room at Nebraska hasn't stayed healthy. He brings a he brings a body size similar to Gabe Irvin. I'm not going to say he may have as much muscle mass mm-hmm. as Irvin, Irvin does. But he's a big but back. In, but in terms of height and, and total size, he is a big back. And that's another thing that uh, th- this Nebraska room was missing last year. Because Emmett Johnson remembers only about 5'10". Yeah, he's a small guy. If, and so is Quentin Knives. So is Quentin Knives. Right. If you can get a guy like 6'1", 6'2", 
that has a little meat on his bones. It gives you a different look, and that's what Dante Dowdell brings. Yeah, I've got Dowdell at four. Don't really have a ton to add from what you said there. He's a talented guy at a position of need. Kind of a no-brainer there for me on the list, and he made the final list as well. I already talked about my number five, Caleb Betting, uh, so I don't, need, don't feel like we need to rehash that. Your number five is Micah Mazuka. Uh, any other thoughts on him? No, I, you know what? I, I sat pretty well there. My number four, though, which is who we... Uh, oh, we skipped four. Yeah, yeah. Roger Bradley. Mm. Love his skill set. He's a Texas high school football kid. I know he's a small-town product, but he's experienced at several positions across all three phases. He's got a good feel of the game regardless of alignment. He can provide a ton of versatility, and that's the type of player that Coach Will loves. All right, we've got a couple guys left. If we've got some time later, we will wrap up our Husker Super 6 list and our expectations, explanations on them. But coming up next, we've got Damon Benning here on Herd Sports Radio. You're listening to Herd at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd App Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-City. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is our guy, Old DB, Damon Benning. What's up, buddy? DB, you there? I'm here. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good. I missed the whole, I don't know, are we back? We are back on the. We're on. Yeah, we're live. We're here. We're back. No, no, no. I understand that. I I was joking. I was joking with you. <laughs> no, we're good. We're back. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that rusty. Gee. <laughs> well, Whoa. Well, listen. We're just. Uh, we're just out here previewing a Super Bowl and uh, having a good time. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Uh, we're back. I, we're live. Don't say anything crazy. <laughs> Don't worry. I won't. Well, I won't. Listen, you know, you don't swear much anyway, so we usually don't have too many problems with you. No, no, no. You might get an ASS out of me, but... Uh, I think you can say that on the air as long as you don't follow it with the uh, specific part of that anatomy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> hat? Hat? Yes. You, you don't you want me to say hat? Yeah, you can't say hat on the air. Um. <laughs> the, the DB thing is fudge. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good DB. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Don, you 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 got to be tickled. You got three bears and you got a Blues Blackhawks Winter Classic, man. Are you like tickled? Man, I am, but like then I think about it and I'm like, golly, it's it's going to cost me a fortune to go to that Winter Classic. <laughs> so, how far of a drive is you probably drive, right? You're not afraid. St. Louis to Chicago. Your dad's oh. done it, right? Oh, all the time. I, dude, that's a that's like a four-and-a-half-hour drive. That's cake. That's not bad at all. No, yeah, you do that in your sleep. That's that's like me going to, like, Ogallala. I'm in. <laughs> I bet more the ticket price to get into Wrigley. <laughs> hey, start – listen, it's not too late to change your wedding registry. Ask for gifts in kind so you can buy a ticket. <laughs> that is such a good idea, man. That is that's dude, a genius I'm, I'm, move. Hey, I'm all about being practical, man. It beats re-gifting the sixth blender or the 15th toaster or, you know, the the magic vacuum seal <laughs> that you'll use for your car that you won't take out but once a year, man. That, get the cash. 
Man, well, the, the good news is I know that you're coming. So if I get yeah. that blender, I'm going to be pissed. It's, it's, listen, it, it's it's only it's only so I can see your parents. I mean, the heck with her. Yeah, oh, and fair. Ashley, and Ashley, that's it. I that's it. That's it. I got, I got to see the big three. Me and your brother will go out and we'll leave you hanging, but we'll be all right. It's all right. He'll take you to Helen Fitzgerald's. It's an Irish bar. I don't know how much of a dancer you are, but you'll go there. You know me. I'll be in the corner. Is it dark in there? That's the only time I'm going to be seen. <laughs> you, you, they won't even know you're there. Oh, I, oh you still got jokes. <laughs> DB loves DB loves hiding in a corner. Um, the, it's like we, have, we haven't skipped a beat. The, well, you know, it's. You know, I was going to say, you know, DB and I, we, we had a practice run on this marriage thing, so we know the second time around, like, you just want cash. <laughs> It's it's all about being efficient. The man. first time you know, I was like, I don't need four George Foreman grills. I like I don't need that. I think I got two two Instapots. I was like, what's happening here? It's it's crazy. My my buddy came to to, to patch a, a a hole in the drywall. How I got there was is a whole nother story. But <laughs> so I was in the spare closet with the with the ceiling paint. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's, I still have a grill pan. I have a thing of silverware. What else did I see in there? It was odd. I'm like, God, I could re-gift that, that grill pan. It's, people use it now. I see it on TikTok all the time. Man, I'm writing all this stuff down, by the way. Yeah, because Andrew, I, if I, you I, get I, any I of this stuff you in your arsenal, if you get any of this stuff from us, you know that we did not purchase it. This was it. <laughs> They'll be rummaging through his wedding stuff. He's like, God, I'm on my 13th Visa gift card. Like, what the? Dude, that's the way to go. expires in like 24 months. (laughs) That's the way to go. Uh, Um, (laughs) DB, before we get too far down the rabbit hole, um, I know this was, uh, you know, you didn't didn't participate in the Husker Super 6 this year. Uh, Your your son did, ironically enough, in being one of the participants. I'm I'm disappointed, man. I Schaefer just asked me to do a, a deal with him a couple of days ago. I wonder why he conveniently left out Super 6. He's, he's usually giving me a hard time about being the last to get my list in. <laughs> I think me and Andrew might have been the last ones to get our list in. Yeah, we I, both, I took that role this year. <laughs> we both. It might I'm be. Glad, glad, glad I could rub off on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but so obviously, like outside of Dylan Rayola, um, who's kind of the obvious one, was there anybody on that list that either – you were surprised didn't make it or surprised did make it? Uh, yeah, I mean, mine would be way different. Like, I would probably go, like, this is off the top of my head, so I may be missing one, but I'd probably go Rayola, Buford, Bricks, Barney Jr., Gradney. You can put Caleb at six, it's fine. I know he made the list. I would have called him a. Sl- I would have called him a sleeper. Okay. But, but let's say you put him at six. I, I still have like three sleepers. I, I like Keelan Jones. Uh, I, I like uh, or Keelan Smith. I like Donovan Jones, and I like Guthrie. Like I think those guys are like true sleepers. Like. I mean, Caleb's going to get a lot of in-state love, and I think he had one national guy that really liked Caleb, so that's cool, and I know he made, like, the Big Ten promo, so, I mean, whatever. But I don't 
Mike, if I had in a perfect world, he wouldn't play as a freshman. And since a lot of people don't think he's like over the top athletic anyway, he probably won't, which I chuckle about. But um, I would I would like for him to redshirt personally. Mm-hmm. Um, let him let him train be, because I think you know selfishly everything else. Um, he's like a human cheat code. As a player, like he, you know, his IQ is really, really high. He's going to get concepts. Um, he understands offenses. Uh, he definitely knows how to watch film. Like he knows what he's look. He's he knows what he's looking for. And and I and he's not easily distracted. So those are the things that I like think make good co- like can make good college players. It, mm-hmm. The physical attributes will come. So I, I look at a guy like Gradney. Like why is he on my super six? I think he comes from a situation um, where he's not going to need a babysitter. Hmm. I think he loves playing. I, I think he's a tough kid. I think he's mentally tough. Like, that's – you guys know me long enough. Like, those are always key components. I think Buford is mentally tough. Um, I think Bricks is mentally tough. I, I think Dylan Rayola has understood – knows – I mean, contrary to popular belief, always transferred this, that – I think he's mentally tough. Like I, he, he comes from a stock in which um, he's not going to pull a 180 going away from his dad or his uncle's competitiveness. You know, his his mom is tough. Like, so so those are the guys that I kind of gravitated toward. Keelan Smith knows how to train. Donovan Jones knows how to work. Mm-hmm. Rex Guthrie is 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 tough minded. Like those are the guys I went with, and I and I'm sure it's. No disrespect to who who was popular, like Carter Nelson and yeah, some Carter. of these other guys. Like I just, I, I know that's going to be a glaring omission off 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 of my Super Six, but uh, it, it, it's not personal. I, I I'd rather be closer to try to be right than than well liked. So I I didn't do the popularity thing. Now, DB, you mentioned you you'd like to see Caleb redshirt, but you'd probably like to maybe see most of these guys redshirt, right? Yeah, one hundred percent especially if you're in the secondary, yeah. right? Like that's, they'll have a couple of corners. Uh, I think they'll have a corner spot or two available. Like they'll play a young guy there. Uh, I'm pretty sure of that. So, so maybe that's why I, I used um, Buford, but I like Buford because I know he's a little undersized, but uh, he's, he's physically, I, I think he's, he's, he's fairly tough. Um, he knows how to train which is an underappreciated deal. Like, I, I can't tell you guys. Like, after 20 years, I, I think why I, I have a feel for this is I'm, 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 I'm focused on things that I think other people may not think about. Like, can you do the same thing 10, 11, 12 days in a row? Can, can, you, can you stay dialed in? Can you not have to have constant feedback? Can you can you go unattended or attended to and and still feel your value? Like those are like hidden things that I think really really matter when you want to play big time athletics. Man, okay. So the last one you said there got me. The can you go unattended to and still feel your value? Because that one is not just hard for athletes that one's not just hard for college kids that one's hard for everybody right like yeah, that is it's, a, a, a 
lot of it is it's, it's how you've been raised. It's it's the environment you've been in. It's how much is your self worth been instilled in you? Like that that's the, it's difficult, right? But um, it's definitely a skill you can develop and and kind of own in on. And and so those are the things. And they're telltale signs, mm-hmm. right? Like um, there there are definite telltale signs that you can look at like un, under like let's use ashworth let's use a a, a blue jays example right mm-hmm. off maligned um kind of the, un, the the popular whipping boy early like he stayed the course yeah and, and now all of a sudden it's like oh oh look or you know hoiberg at, at nebraska it's mm. well he's not this he's he's not that he he doesn't look like this and you, when it matters, like he 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 flourishes. Like th- those are those are things. C.J. Stroud, mm. and you're like, dude, he was a he was highly ranked. He's a he's a five star. You people, you hear people talk about his aptitude or the Ohio State quarterback jinx or having all these good receivers and being a product of the like. He couldn't care less, mm-hmm. right? Like like he just he just keeps playing. So I. I think that's like that's like eighty five percent of it, and and being close to this football team down in Lincoln, I kind of I I, I I try to get a feel for. That's why I'm a big babysitter guy, right? Mm-hmm. Do, does or do, does or doesn't need a babysitter? Like those those are things that that ultimately I think are going to matter. Well, while we're talking, we're talking to Damon Benning here on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. Yeah. Um, what we're talking about here is really the the ability to internally validate yourself, right? Like having that validation come from inside. And you could make the argument that that's one of the things Matt Rule is trying hardest to do. You know, we talk about... It it, it might be number one, Ravi. It might be number one. I was going to say that or accountability, right? Like what's one of those two? you, 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 You matter. You belong. Let's go get this thing. You know, and you when, know, he's, I, I listen, when he's talking about like it, instilling it, confidence, that's what he's talking about, though, right? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like it, it ties into the things that he says when he's like, you know, I, I, I'm riding with the guys that believed in us or believed in me before the finished product is out there, mm-hmm. right? Like, make no, and he'll say this. Make no mistake about it. We're going to win at a high level. Who's in before that? I, I understand the skepticism, young player of. Are we gonna win enough, and and the pressure and this that? But do you value you enough to know that that you're going to matter? Like like, how does that sit with you, young man? Mm-hmm. He, he didn't he didn't. Oh, by the way, reference Mazuka needing to 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 understand it's more than just football. Like that's going to matter when you're still setting the culture. Now his culture is. Is way ahead of the game. Like I'm, sh- I'm, I'm not. Sh- I wouldn't say shocked. I, I am. For a team that that gave away games, I, I'm shocked that their sense of self worth and belonging is as high as it is. Mm-hmm. Which lets me know it's about things other than the end result. Like this team has become very process oriented, and and I will see how many y- wins that that yields, but. It, it absolutely matters because you have to be secure in who you are. It, it, there's 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 no other way to function at a high level than than to be secure in who you are. It's it, it's it's why Iowa is Iowa, right? It's mm. it's it's why it's why Michigan settled into being Michigan. 
well, they're not this, and they, you know, they, they, they win close games, and they're like a boa constrictor. It's a slow squeeze. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that's <laughs> that's 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 what that's what we do. It's it's not flashy, but but it's effective. So I, I I think that I think that matters. Now, DB, if there was a super six for coaches, would Glenn Thomas be number one for developmental purposes of Dylan Rayola, the nearly unanimous number one in this super six? Oh, I think he's going to be paramount. And how about, gosh, so the devil's in the details for some, but in others it, 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 it tells the message. Did you hear Coach Rule talk about the evolution? He was very descriptive. He talked about a Matt Ryan from a P.J. Walker, right? So you get a range in, in talent and even aesthetics, even style of play. Then you sprinkle in a Charlie Brewer. And he told you all you need to know. When I told you he's constantly evaluating and never satisfied, when he said, you know, with Sat, you know, he's aggressive. He's, 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 he's aggressive in nature. So you can't always be like that with your quarterbacks. Mm. You, you remember he said that in the press? Yeah. Like he said it out loud. Yeah. He didn't use it as a negative. He spun it as, I'm going to play to his strengths where he doesn't have to split time as an OC, where you have to balance that out. I'm going to get a guy that's good with young guys, that's good with old guys, and allow him to play to his strengths. If that isn't coaching development, I don't know what is. And he told it to you out loud. Hmm. Zero guesswork. Zero. He gave you the blueprint. Uh, DB, we want to switch gears here with you real quick. Um, we mentioned earlier in the week that this will be Andrew's last day on the show. Still with her at Sports. Uh, still will be doing a lot of stuff with the social media team. And, um, well, I, I think that left some people wondering what would be happening with the morning show. Uh, would you like to share anything? What is happening with the morning show? Uh, I, think, uh, I think I'm going to have a new co-host on Monday. Yeah, it, it's it, it'll, it'll be good to be back, um, and and I and I appreciate uh, the opportunity. There's been a lot of uh, self reflection and, and and growth in the meantime, and and I'm in a multitude of areas. Right, just the own self inventory and self assessment. Uh, I'm I, I I do actually miss it, which I didn't think I was going to. Mm. Um, I really did. Like the first. You know, a couple of months, and, and maybe that has a lot to do with guys like like Dr. Stark and, and, and DJ Rezac and, and some of these guys that, like, were invested early. You know, my mom was key. I saw her about every three mornings, right? Yeah. Hey, do you need to go to the store? you need to go pick up prescriptions? Like, just understanding, um, being well-rounded, mm-hmm. and, and instead of, of trying to be everything to, to everybody else, just trying to figure out, um, how I can continue to function at a high level, um, you know, recruiting's over and, and, you know, I'm not scrambling, trying to, you know, <laughs> keep, keep my, 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 my family on an even emotional keel. And, uh, I am, I am, I am excited, uh, to come back and, and, and hopefully, um, we can pick up where we left off. I'm, I'm super proud of Andrew, um, just okay. his ability to evolve and 
adapt and be super transparent um, as a young guy, I think is incredibly difficult. And I think his versatility and in being selfless um, will will serve him well. He's 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 very other centered. And not to talk about you like you're not here, Andrew. I'm well aware, but. Um, you, you may take those skills for granted and because it's just part of who you've been raised to be, but um, it, it is it is definitely going to serve you well. So I'm extremely appreciative, and and uh, I can go back to, to beating up on Robbie for a little bit, and, and we can talk <laughs> we can talk generational talents and and, and uh, I never I do, do people still bring that up to me? Um, the, generational yeah. talent. You know, you no longer have to talk about Kirk Cousin being a trash man. The, the uh, yeah, we've all been there, right? I mean, we've had some Kirk Cousins <laughs> discussions, and, and with me, me and AR fifteen, and wait, can I? I, forget it. Like it, you it, can say, I, you can I'm, say. Gonna, I'm saying AR fifteen. You guys are gonna have to be <laughs> mad at me. You know, gonna gonna have to re get rid of me. But yeah, I just uh, I, I'm 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 pretty excited to 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 make it happen for for folks. So the the headline there is Damon will be back on Monday. It will be Damon and I moving forward as Andrew uh, transitions into a. Uh, another role here at Herd at Sports. I, I do want to say, kind of to echo um, what DB said about AR here, um, there very well might not be a morning show for DB to come back to if not for the work that Andrew Rogers. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like he helped us keep this thing afloat and alive and thriving. And it was tough. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it was it was a it was a challenging situation for everybody involved, and um, so yeah, I just I appreciate so much what Andrew's done. Um, getting thrown back into you know a five a.m. wake up every day is not the easiest thing in the world. What do you mean? I love it. I love it. <laughs> when you're not, I gotta tell you, it. I gotta tell you, I, I I really appreciate the the kind words from you both, and I don't want to get all soft, but I mean, you two have been such a, a good good mentors and role models for me. Um, in this process as well. But, you know, I, I tell people this all the time. You know, every morning I hate getting up at 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. I do. But you remind yourself that you're working your dream job. Yeah. Like, and that's how you get through it. Like, you may be cursing, you know, your way to uh, the car door in the morning. But once you get there, it's just like, man, I remember why why I love 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 doing this and why why, why I'm here. Um, DB, I got to ask one more thing before got two we minutes. let you go for today. Um, because Scary Gary asked this middle of the segment, and it was when we were talking about the Super Six and leaving Carter Nelson off the list. I also yeah. left Carter Nelson off the list, and the reason I did was I'm unsure about the transition from 8-man to 11-man in the college game. That's just what I've seen based on covering high school in Iowa in my short time, so that's why I left a little bit of, of wonder out in the air. Why did you leave him off your list? Well, I, I think it's a couple of things. Number one, it's I, I'm not sure where he's going to play. And I know most people use that as a positive. And it's fine, right? Like, I, obviously, being pro-Nebraska, you know, on the network, and I, I want Nebraska to be good, and I definitely want him to flourish. But I'm not sure on – I don't think he can be an inline tight end. Is he, is he going to be – um, dynamic enough off the outside. How, how is he going to handle coverage, read coverage? Um, I just don't think you can throw him jump balls early. And I look at 
this is crazy. But I look at the transition that Malachi Coleman had to make Mm. and what it took for that even to get the opportunity, right? Like some things had to fall. Some things had to fall in place. He had to stay with it. There was the learning curve. You have to be physically gifted enough. I think, and this offense, it's a little more difficult for wide receivers from a concept standpoint, and for sure tight ends than I think people think. So I I just, I I think the the level of physicality, the the rigor um, that I think he's going to have to put his body through in terms of his comp, because there's a lot for guys to touch. He's very angular, and he's very lean. And so when you've been the biggest, baddest guy, I, I think sometimes that, that can be an adjustment period. And I'm not telling you anything that I, I think people don't know. I just felt like um, from a from a impact and, and, and talent standpoint, uh, I, I'm kind of – I feel safe with my six. DB, we're going to have to work on those hard outs again. Yeah, but welcome back to hard outs. I will see you on Monday, buddy. Yeah, looking forward to it. AR, you're still the man. My man, dude, I appreciate you. Matt Verzal coming up you on Hard Out Sports Radio. the show here on Herd Out Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Joining us now, a little bit different than his normal spot at wrapping up the show, uh, but Matt Verzal was very flexible with us, and we appreciate it. Verz, how are you this morning? Oh, not bad. How are you fellas doing? Good, Verz. Good to hear your voice, man. Verz, what, uh, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about the, obviously, the Super Bowl this morning. We've been talking about some of the, the Super Six and stuff like that. I'm curious, I know you're not a big hype guy, so I wonder how much you pay attention to things like, you know, Super Six where people are trying to prognosticate and, you know, myself included, I'm not hating. Um, but I guess how much, how much stock do you put in trying to figure out who – may or may not be impactful this year out of the newcomers? Oh, I, I don't even know. What do you, I've never heard of the Super Six, so I don't even know what that is. Oh, so basically. I don't, I don't read the newspaper. <laughs> no worries. Basically, the yeah. uh, Husker 24-7 basically just pulls a bunch of media members uh, and asks them who they think the six most impactful newcomers will be. Uh, in the upcoming football season. And so um, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a off season exercise to be sure. Um, But I'm just curious if there's, you know, anybody that you're particularly looking forward to um, seeing in a Husker uniform that wasn't last year. Uh, I mean, your obvious answer is the Raiola kid. Sure. But, (laughs) After that, like, who are they, I don't even know. Who, who are they asking to do this? Like, uh, like, who picks these people? Like, that that to me would be how much merit I put into it, like, if I value their opinion. Sure. If I don't, if I don't value their opinion, I probably wouldn't put much into it. But from my aspect, um, I don't think uh, – I would say the kid from Oregon, the running back, mm-hmm. and okay, the Rayola kid. The Rayola kid would be, like, my main two. 
the rest of them, I think, might have some stuff, some development-wise things to go. Verse, you know, stay with Rayola here for a moment, and I want you to, because, you know, I, I've been pondering this. I was listening to Glenn Thomas last week, and there were a couple things I took away from his interview on the radio that helped me gauge his coaching style, but until we actually see it, it's all just optimism, right? So to give your vote of confidence in Thomas and Rayola and some of the other pieces in the room, what do you hope we see by, like, game three or four from that quarterback position? Well, I think coaches are a lot easier to evaluate in that way because you can you can look up successes that Thomas has had or people that – you know, basically vouch for him. I mean, I think, I don't know if there's any Falcon fans that listen to this show, but Matt Ryan had really good success with him as the main kind of quarterback coach type guy. So that's one thing I think translates really easy. It, for a young guy to go in and it's going to be probably more than anything like his presence on the field. So is he able to command respect in the huddle or is he having to wrangle guys and say get over here do this does he know those things like or is and some people it's just ingrained in them you know Keith Frazier came to campus and took about three games to learn what he was doing and then away it went so you know real quick into it when you meet the person if they're that guy and so it isn't necessarily going to be that he's thrown for six touchdowns or he has no interceptions or he doesn't drop snaps or fumble the ball. It's kind of just going to be that presence of, hey, when he gets in the huddle, is everybody paying attention? Or when he, you know, when they score a touchdown, are they all running to celebrate together or is, you know, are they not including it? Like little things like that. It's not, and not many will see it. And then there's morons out there that will poo-poo body language or, you know, those kind of things. They don't understand games, but you just kind of watch how he carries himself more than anything like X's and O's wise. We're talking with Matt Verzal. He is a former Husker owner of Paisons Pizzeria. Uh, Verz, you know, we were just talking to DB a minute ago, and he said a lot of the things that he looks for in early contributors is a lot more of kind of the, the mental, um, kind of the mental toughness, their ability to um, not need to be babysat, things like that. You know, you were kind of touching on some of the, the body language and mentality stuff there. Um, kind of in your experience or, or from what you've seen, what are a couple of the traits, whether physical or mental or, or emotional, whatever, that you think translate the best to earliest success for, for new guys? Um, like, so you're, you're talking obviously on top of talent? Yeah, I mean, obviously you have like to have a bare minimum level of talent, right, yeah. Uh, eye contact, That's body cool. language, mm. and, you know, there's there's a couple of videos that pop up all the time on either TikTok or Twitter, but Cristobal got after one of their receivers pretty good, in, or maybe it was a defensive back if they had done something stupid in the game. I mean, he lights him up like a Christmas tree, but the kid maintains eye contact. He doesn't. And probably more important, like, reaction when you turn around. Because it, it's, you know, if I'm, if I'm getting after you and we're eye to eye on something and you're looking at me, I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. But when I turn around, do you flip me off? Do you put your hands up? Does your head go down? Do those kind of things. Like, basically, it's just being a man. Like, everybody has caught an ass chewing. Mm -hmm. 
Like, how do you deal with that? How do you get over that? How, and I think it's one of the greater telltale signs of how you were raised. Because if you can get after somebody and they maintain eye contact and, and they don't necessarily have to go yes or no, sir, but they say, yep, got it. And then when you turn around, do they do something like stupid? Because mm-hmm. then you tell those parents didn't do it right. They let them talk crazy and didn't beat them. And so, yeah, the eye contact thing would be a big one for me. You know, that that really stuck out to me when you said it, because I just think about moments of, of respect there. Um, and it also mm-hmm. shows the character of the person. So uh, and I think a lot of people just kind of like look past that when they evaluate, like at least the general public, when they evaluate a, a player's talent, because all they look all they look at that person um, is, is their traits and, and their skill sets and what they see on film. But it's all that stuff behind the scenes that really dictates who they're going to be and what type of teammate they're going to be when they actually get into the room. Yeah, it's how they were raised. Were you raised respectfully or are you a spoiled piece of crap? I mean, it's, it's and you know within minutes. You, you, you have a conversation with anybody <laughs> or a kid or an adult. You, you have it with adults. Now, in the situation of the kid and the correction, he knows he's wrong. And it's like anything. In here, I will correct very nicely uh, a bad behavior once. Mm-hmm. Twice is going to be a problem. Third time is going to be the door. So it's I'm – not, I'm not saying you flap the hand right away and start screaming and yelling at people and make them maintain eye contact. But when you understand, like, hey, we can't have you have that behavior. It's detrimental to the team. Like, that's – those were things taught by, by – all of my coaches and all of my teachers as I was growing up. Mm. Eye contact is not a struggle for me. And I've caught an ass chewing from many of a coach. Like I said, my high school coach for my first two years in high school, which junior high or high school was 10 through 12 in Grand Island. My name was Fat Kid. And so if I screwed up and he said, hey, Fat Kid, get your fat ass over here, then you went over there. Mm. And you looked him in the eye, and you got your correction. He said, it will never happen again. He's like, it better not. And that wasn't a threat. That was a promise. <laughs> so that just, I, I think early on in the kids' upbringing, and a lot of the kids that get, like, good recruiting offers, it's because they do kind of things like that. I mean, Max, we had, Max, we had the, the Texans GM on. Mm. And they were talking to him. He's like, it's, it's, they're athletic. That's why they're here. Like, you, you've made it to Nebraska on your athleticism. What kind of human being are you? Mm. And then when you start to get a bunch of good human beings, then the rest of the, the BS is easy. So. Burr's really good stuff there. Um, real quick, got about 30 seconds left. Do you have any uh, quick thoughts or, or picks on how you think the Super Bowl is going to go? Uh, if anybody can find me a prop, let me know Christian McCaffrey to throw a touchdown pass. I would Ooh. like to put some money on that. Oh, interesting. Um, you're talking I hate Kansas guy. City. I hate Kansas City almost as much as I hate St. Louis. So. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. The, only good, the only thing good to come out of Kansas City is the Gordon, and they all wise up and move back. So um, I will take the Niners. I will take the Niners, former home of Grand Island's own Tom Rathman. There we go. It's always the Husker connection. Uh, Birds, we appreciate you being flexible on time. We appreciate you joining us as always. We'll talk to you next week. Good job, boys.
Bye, Birds. That is Matt Verzal, former Husker owner of Paisons Pizzeria. Coming up next, we'll get back deep into Super Bowl preview mode with Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network here on Herd Sports Radio. Listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Wrapping up hour number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Andrew Rogers here with me. I'm Robbie Lula. We are joined now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline by Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network. Cynthia, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm good. My my voice is already a little vague. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. It's the game hasn't even happened yet. We're in trouble here. I mean, I came with a little bit of a cold, so I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you fighting through, uh, you know, playing through injury here a little bit. We uh, we appreciate that, as always. Uh, so I got to ask right off the bat. I'm a 49ers fan. I know you've already run the numbers on this. W- what are your What are your analytics models and everything telling telling you about how the game's going to go on Sunday? Oh well, I but you off with the 49ers fan bit, so I'm a little worried. But it's okay. No, you can just be just be honest with me. I can take it. <laughs> I have a two-point win for the Chiefs, so that's not a very significant number. It's not like seven points or something crazy, but I do have the Chiefs taking this one, but not by a lot. And and I certainly would be surprised if it went the other way. Okay, I can I can live with that. I can live with that. I I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> Cynthia, I've been thinking about this a ton lately, wondering how Kyle Shanahan needs to coach this game in order to outsmart Andy Reid, but also find that balance of not trying to overdo it. How significant do you think coaching is in determining the outcome of the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think this is a really, really big matchup. We've seen some of the interesting stats on the end of game for Kyle Shanahan, and if the 49ers want to win this one, at the end of the game, Kyle Shanahan, especially you know, if they have a lead, needs to, to be very judicious about the time management for sure but I, but I think in general the coaching a lot of it has to do you know the coordinators and not just Kyle Shanahan versus Andy Reid but also Steve Wilkes versus Andy Reid or you know Steve Spagnuolo versus Kyle Shanahan because both coaches are known for their offensive play calling so you got to remember the coordinators here factor in a bunch as well. Cynthia, I'm glad you brought up Steve Wilkes because that's a guy I've been paying a ton of attention to, especially throughout this playoff run where the 49ers defense, despite all their talent, hasn't looked, um, I think, up to their capabilities. What are some of the things you're going to be looking for early to indicate that maybe San Francisco has been able to course correct some of those issues that we saw, especially that rush defense against Detroit? Yeah, well, the first thing is the the uh, the Chiefs scored on their opening drive in every opening drive in the playoffs. I know that's not very many games, but you remember in the playoffs, these are the best teams, right? So that's going to be the first thing. And then you have to remember the scripted plays for both the first 15 of the, the first half, and there's such a long halftime, that the first 15 plays are scripted in the second half, too. So how they open drives both ways, if they can adapt the defense, 
to figure out the different ways that they can take away options for Patrick Mahomes, including Patrick Mahomes scrambling, that's going to be if the defensive game plan has been something that matches what the Chiefs are able to bring to the table. Cynthia, is winning the Super Bowl the only way for Brock Purdy to get national validation, or should he already have it? That, that it's insane to me that it's like this big of a debate. I don't. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like he's played. First of all, people. You know, he's a second year. I don't care where he was drafted. He's a second season player. In general, you don't look the way he's led the league in ten plus air yard attempts. The entire season, like this, isn't this includes the postseason? So it's not just like a short amount of time. It's the most data we have the whole season. The highest completion percentage on ten plus air yard passes belongs to Brock Purdy. There's a number of other things. Highest EPA per drop back, which is expected points added. Brock Purdy. It's not a question. I'm not pretending he's Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes could very well be the best quarterback we see in our lifetime. But I'm not pretending that he's not anything other than he's probably let's let's be conservative top eight quarterback top seven quarterback on the entire season cynthia it's interesting you mentioned that we're talking to cynthia freeland from the nfl network because i think there's kind of two camps on on the brock purdy thing in and it's the people that you know you you dove into some numbers there that were brock purdy super impressive and then i think there's people that can't get over kind of just how he looks in the physical attributes. Like, how much do you think that plays into, even outside of the draft position, but he doesn't look like Trevor Lawrence, right? He doesn't look like that, like a Anthony Richardson or a Josh Allen, right? He doesn't look like that guy. But the numbers tell you and the people that follow the numbers tell you just how good he's been. How much of, of that do you think is a factor in the way he's perceived? I guess I just think people don't like being wrong. And the fact that he was drafted very well. Fair. You know, I mean, like, yeah. so, like, they're just looking for justification. Like, sometimes you just got to admit, hey, you know, we got this. I'm going to take the L here, and, and, I'm, and I'm wrong. I think it's more that. I mean, because if you – the other thing that I look at, which is a very telling thing, is demeanor pregame. And Brock Purdy has stone-cold killer demeanor pregame. He's not anxious. You can talk to him about what's his favorite music. Like, I don't think people should do that, but I've seen them ask him stupid stuff like that pregame. <laughs> and he is cool, calm, collected, the whole thing. He can't get rattled. So, I mean, that's the type of demeanor I want. He never looks nervous. Like, maybe he looks like boy next door and he looks young, but he, he, like, he is very chill. Cynthia, as a data-driven ana- a- analyst... How do you navigate the balance between statistical insights and the intangible factors that can influence the outcome of a high-stakes game like this one? Analytics are a framework. So what you put on your framework, like you and I can have the same car. The chassis is the same, right? If I paint mm-hmm. my car red and you paint your car, you know, like black or whatever, it's, it's, it's going to be your decision how you want it to ultimately turn out. So to me, having a framework to make better decisions or the knowledge that you're making a low probability decision, but that that's your decision to do, that is really, that is what it's doing. It's not telling you to do anything. There's no instructive moment where there's those buttons that sort of like analytics mode, we must do whatever the numbers say. It's not like that. It's all about like just having it under, like, you know, in in every single person's career, you know when you're making a high, like, should we devote our resources 
to making this dinner on menu or should we have more items on the menu you like you you know you it's opportunity all of life is opportunity cost but sometimes you have to take what feels like a lower probability decision because that feels like the right one mm. cynthia i i'm interested in in your kind of perspective on players outside of that quarterback position we've talked a lot about brock Purdy. we talked a little bit about patrick mahomes who outside of that quarterback spot are you looking at as somebody that could have an outsized impact on the game? Well, you kind of brought it up before when you were talking about how we saw the Lions and the Packers really run on the Niners' defense. The, 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 the trenches to me are always where everything starts. And if Isaiah Pacheco can be impactful in this game, mm. or maybe even Clyde Edwards-Alaire, like one of the running backs, I'm saying Pacheco because we've seen him with the most volume lately, if they can be impactful, especially on first down, you know that that will help figure out any of the, you know, Nick Bosa said it. Sometimes they, or they hold a lot. I think that was his quote. <laughs> and it's not wrong, but all offensive linemen hold a lot. It's, it's across the league. It's a very tricky call very often, right? So the, to me, if, if the run game, if the run, we know the run game is going to work for the Niners. So if the run game can really get working for Andy Reid, that's how that spread offense really just works the best. You know, it, it's it's interesting you brought up the running backs here because I was thinking who you predict to have a bigger stat line on Sunday, McCaffrey, who's shown to be the best back in the league against all teams, or Pacheco against a defense that's given up 159 rush yards per game. Well, this is where the, the stats and the, and, and the what drives games is different because I think Christian McCaffrey will have a very healthy stat line, like best odds to score a touchdown the whole, the whole bit. But – when I'm looking at those, like, maybe four yards on first down is actually a little bit more helpful in eating up enough of the clock and then giving Patrick Mahomes a chance to have a little bit, you know, some of his receivers get some separation because third down is in this obvious passing situation. Perhaps that's what impacts the game more because we know Christian McCaffrey is going to be just a, he's gonna be a monster. I'm, like, look out. Cynthia, about a minute and a half left here with you. All right, so you, you kind of hit me in the feels on the front end in, by saying that the Chiefs were, were two-point winners in, in your model. But So make me feel a little bit better on the back end here. How, what is the path to victory for the 49ers if they are able to pull it off? I told you that I love the trenches and offensive line play is where I start. If the right side of that offensive line can stay protecting Brock Purdy and giving them the configurations that they need, like – that is the key to victory for the Niners. They use a compressed formation. They're the tightest bunch together in the league this year. And if they can nullify any of the pass rush that the Chiefs are bringing, that will be a game changer because we know that at 6.7 yards, uh, yards after the catch per reception, the Niners lead the league in that metric, which means they've got to get themselves just a little bit of open space to do that, which means they need to buy some time for Brock Purdy. So, the right side of the O-line needs to stay intact just long enough for Purdy to do some of that dicing up we've seen him do so well. That's Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network. And we'll let you go just a little bit earlier. Save that voice up. You still got a couple <laughs> more days to go. You power through. We appreciate your time as always, Cynthia. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Cynthia. That's Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network. Real quick, before we hop into hour number three, I want to remind you about our friends at the Omaha Supernovas. Get over to supernovas.com to check out merchandise schedule. Get your tickets there as well. The Supernova will be back 
in uh, town on the 18th. That's a week from Super Bowl Sunday. Make sure you get out there and support Omaha's professional volleyball franchise. Go to supernovas.com. Coming up next, Mike Sauter here in studio on Herd Sports Radio. Listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Mike Sauter. I, I would agree, Damon. Mike Sauter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Sauter. Oh man, you're gonna put me on the spot. Mike, Mike Sauter. Kicking off hour number three here on Herd Out Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. I'm Robbie Lula, Andrew Rogers here with me. Before we get to Mike Sauter, want to tell you about our friends at the Team Jack Foundation. They're currently funding 13 projects and collaborating with national institutions such as Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and Columbia University. Of course, one of their largest projects to date has been right here with the University of Nebraska Medical Center and the creation of the Nebraska Childhood Brain Tumor Program. The focus of Team Jack Foundation is finding better treatments for kids fighting brain cancer and one day a cure. They've raised over $12 million and counting to date, and they are trying to find treatments that are less toxic for children with brain tumors. Even when those kids survive, they often have lifelong issues because of the outdated and highly toxic treatments that are continued to be used. That's why it's so important to support Team Jack. If you want to get involved, go to teamjackfoundation.org. You can donate directly from the webpage. You can find the events that they've got coming up, get all the information about the projects they're working with and what they're doing with that money, teamjackfoundation.org for more information. Joining us now, he's not on the Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. He's live here in person, is Mike Sauter, our very own Herd at Sports Chief basketball correspondent, (laughs) (laughs) senior basketball analyst. Sure. All right, that'll work. Senior basketball analyst, Mike Sauter. How are you, bud? Well, I'm feeling like a pirate with a peg leg made of gold today. So (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Can can we call you the CEO of Herdat Sports basketball coverage? I sure. Yeah. We call him. We call him the CBO, the Chief Basketball Operator. Ooh, the CBO. I like it. I like it. Uh, So you were out. Could be like Michael Bublé feeling good too today. Yes, you were singing before we got on the air. We can't sing on the air because we'll get fined. We 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 just haven't got there yet. (laughs) More like a like I'm gonna walk around, you know, with a little limp, like I'm a pirate with a peg leg made of gold. Is that because the that because the the gimpy knee or what's what's no uh, just, just tired? Okay, yeah. uh, you've got a busy schedule this weekend. But last night you were out at Auburn for Auburn <laughs> and Lincoln Lutheran. <laughs> what are we laughing at? Andrew like lost it. You all right? <laughs> this, this dude is tired, and that's why he's walking with a peg leg. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Peg leg like a pirate with a peg leg made of gold. It's a little different swagger. I would. <laughs> I mean, geez, get you some monarchs or something. Put those on your feet. Why don't you? 
get rid of your like really fashionable (laughs) style and shoes and just get the old man monarchs and just go to work no no. no, he's not. He's going to be in the nursing home with his Ultra Boost. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's going to be walking around. That's he's going to, like, be doing his fit checks. We'll have, like, the cardigan. and be like, all right, yep. the cardigan. We got to get the Ultra Boost that match the corduroy pants and my cardigan. There we go. That's fine. <laughs> and that'll be just three or four short years from now, Andrew. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh! Robbie, coming out strong. Listen, there's only like two people on the team that I can make old jokes with, and that and Solder's one of them. The rest of them, I'm the old guy, so I got. I am the oldest. I got to take my uh, shots where I I can. I am the oldest member of our team of people that work here. Or yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all right though. You've got the most youthful attitude. That's fine. That's good. (laughs) I don't know about that, but uh, well, you are 12, so that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I'm still on my parents' insurance if I'm 12. Are you serious? No, I said if I'm. 12. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no judgment. I stayed on my parents' insurance as long as I legally could. I mean, if you're, what is it? 24 is a cutoff. I think it's 26 now. So you could be Andrew. Yeah, you re- no, 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 no. Yeah, 26 is 25. No, 26. 26 is the cutoff. Yeah, so you could have been on for like another, you know. And I was. Yeah, 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 I was very fortunate to still be on. There you go. Um, Andrew, Andrew, you're the reason nightmares are afraid of the dark. <laughs> Mike Sutter, you're the reason I left Omaha. <laughs> it's I fine. don't know what's happening here. <laughs> um, Auburn and Lincoln Lutheran play yeah, basketball game. Yeah. Let's start there. there last night. This is good. A good time. Auburn, uh, very good at basketball. Auburn, very good. Hey, they scored 62 points. And they're averaging – like over 60 a game. Yeah. So, I mean, for all you hold the ball people, um, they, you know, they're pretty good. They were they were pretty good. They're just they such were. a well-coached team. They are. It is. I am telling you, and I told Coach Weeks this after, and obviously him and I have a relationship, but it is – I enjoy watching their teams play so much because they don't just get a good shot. They get a great shot nine times out of ten and they guard you for like 35 seconds or they force you to take really bad shots so like they are so well coached i mean it is two hand passes two hand catches it is it is unbelievable he is he is a really good high school basketball coach and probably for my money the the best high school basketball coach in the state he is so good and his you know, sons are helping, and Trey Barnsley's out there helping. I mean, it's just they are – it is a very well-oiled machine, and they're unbeaten, and that was a tough test for them. Lincoln Lutheran in our uh, in our coaches' poll is ranked number one in C2, and um, that happened after beating Ashland Greenwood, who's number two in C1. And Auburn is number one in C1 and handled Lincoln Lutheran last night. I mean, it, it was – close early but it, it really wasn't after that maverick binder was really good and nixon Lagori was really good for them last night so um yeah maverick binder's a senior now and i mean he was an all-state caliber player as a sophomore and um shot it really well last night in the second half or the third quarter they had four threes and kind of just opened things up and it's basically over from there before we get into the the Super Six, before I ask you one question about the Super Bowl, I want to stay with high school here. And uh, we'll stay in A because 
uh, we, we've been mentioning for the last couple of weeks that Bell West and Millard North are still extending their their gap in the Class A rankings. But who have you liked on the climb behind them? Hmm. Uh, Westside continues to be really kind of right in that mix. They have been all year, um, despite you know four losses. Southeast is coming. I mean, they they're nineteen and five right now. Um, they're really they're really coming on strong here, and you know I think Prep will be fine. They suffered a couple losses. Uh, Gretna's coming. <clears throat> Gretna's got a, a few nice wins. They hammered Omaha Bryant on Tuesday night. I mean, just dismantled them. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Um, and then Pius has played really well. So you might get two Lincoln teams. There's a chance you get two Lincoln teams hosting district, hosting a district, or being the one seed in the district. So um, that's something. Carney's playing well too. Um, Carney has a chance to maybe sneak in to host in a district, and that's one where like, whew, you don't want to go there. Yeah, nobody wants to be in that district. Yeah, <laughs> like not just the travel part. I mean, just the gym. It's hard to play. Yeah, in. No, it's, it's loud. A tough place to it's play. A, yeah. It, I mean the environment part is really hard and Ben Johnson is really good. Mm-hmm. Um so it's that I would say those guys to answer your question have been have been really playing well. That it's all it's kind of that like four to nine in the wild card points right now. Um but any one of those have, have played well. Papio South got Reese Kircher back, their starting point guard, so um they got him back for at least a little bit. So that'll be you know, like they're, they're feeling better about it. He's he's super. He's so key to what they do. They don't really have anyone else that can run the team and handle the ball like that. Because Bryson Ball, for as good as he is, he, that's just not who he is. And you want him off the ball. So um, yeah, it's. I would to answer your question in A. That's that's going to be uh, pretty be kind of fun next couple of weeks here. You have two weeks left of the regular season, um, or two weekends this week. This weekend and then next week is the last uh, regular season week. So the district assignments will likely be out next Saturday night. So, or I guess we'll have a good idea by then. So, Mike, I know that you went to Auburn last night because you've got a crazy busy weekend. So you needed to get your game of the week kind of a little bit earlier. But some of the games that you will not be attending this weekend – uh, yeah. But who who's got a good slate, or where are the good games this yeah, week? Yeah, the high the um, uh, the Heartland Hoops Classic is in Grand Island on uh, tomorrow Saturday, mm-hmm. and the I guess highlight of that is Bellevue West plays Sunrise Christian, uh, and Sunrise is not the same as yeah, they not the were. juggernaut they used yeah, to be. Yeah, the, their coaching changed, so stuff changed. It was a little later, you know, in the process too. So um, that is definitely a you know it's still going to be a good game Westside was supposed to play Denver East uh Denver East ended up backing out for um yeah let's just say they ended up backing out unclear reasons no pretty clear they gave a reason but I don't know if I I don't know if it jives okay so um just my opinion on that uh Omaha North Omaha Central is tomorrow uh at 345 Omaha North at Omaha Central um that is a big game boys game that's a that's a big game um one it's a pretty big rivalry now 
to Delron Thomas transferred from North to Central. They played earlier in the year, I believe, uh, in the OPS Jamboree, if I remember right. Um, so, and, and Central beat them. That was the first week of the year. It was so long ago. Mm-hmm. So, but that, that one will be, uh, that'll be interesting. And Class B tonight, Elkhorn and Scut is a big game because Scut just beat uh, Norris on Tuesday night. I was there. And, um, and Scut played with Brock Scholl has been playing so well for Scott this year and that's the second time I've seen them in about a week and a half or two and he he was awesome against Norris the other night and they went to Norris and won um Scott did so that that's a it's a tough one in it so Elkhorn at Scott tonight uh on the boys side and then Norris travels to Elkhorn North tonight at 5 30 in the girls game is a uh, Another big one to uh, the number two versus number three team in our coaches poll playing each other. And then the boys game should be pretty good, too, with Norris and Elkhorn North. Um, so if you like to go to a dungeon with no cell service for a basketball <laughs> game, go to Elkhorn North tonight. Um, you can you can uh, you can check out that. So that was always the worst, man. Whenever I would cover games in Sioux City and I'd have to send footage back going to places like that with no wi-fi or yeah. no service at all because you'd have like your little uh i don't know what do they call them my fi's yeah that you carry with you and if, if there's no cell service i mean man you're driving town to town <laughs> just to try to get a better signal yeah elkhorn north is just it's just so new out there and they built it as a pit so it's just there just isn't enough infrastructure built up around it i guess for cell towers and stuff even though you can see a cell tower like right by it um <laughs> But, yeah, it's just one of those places that you just know what you're getting into before you attend. So it's fine. But, yeah, it's good. And then I'll be at the Heartland Hoops Classic in the morning tomorrow, or mm-hmm. the first two games. The schedules, they usually do eight games. Um, but this year, uh, I think they only have six. So it kind of it starts at 11, um, which mm-hmm. is a little different. So Grand Island Central Catholic and Elkhorn Valley play at 11. And then a, a good one at 1245, if everybody's healthy, uh, Omaha Concordia and Donovan Trumbull. Mm. So two good, two ranked C1 teams. Uh, Donovan Trumbull, uh, J- uh, Poppy has been out with a foot, ankle, something for them. Their point guard, who's a nice player. So if he plays, that changes things. And then Crete Ogallala is after that. Crete is unbeaten in B and the number one team in B and clearly, but they suffered an injury with one of their guards, a, a season ending injury mm. and Ogallala's playing well. They only have uh, two losses. Um, then Papio South and Carney is one at four fifteen. That's a big, that's a, that's a big wild card point game. Um, and then six is Pembroke Hill versus Gretna. Um, Pembroke Hill from like Kansas city area is playing Gretna at six. And then seven forty five is that sunrise bell West game. In Grand Island. So you're going for the first half of the day out in Grand Island. Yeah, I'll be there for the first two games tomorrow. The second part of the day, you're heading back to Lincoln for Nebraska, Nebraska and Michigan, Michigan yeah. which is a huge opportunity for game. Nebraska because, <laughs> as you said, they don't – so here's the problem. There's a two, it's a two-edged sword here for Nebraska mm-hmm. on the way out, right? Winnable games, for sure. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of excusable losses. 
No, in can't. terms of who they've got left, right? There's not a lot of games that you look at and be like, oh, if they're going to be on the right side of the bubble, makes sense, or it's okay if they lose that game. Set up to stacks and victories if they're able to play well, but they're looking down uh, the barrel at Michigan, Penn State, Indiana, Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers, and then Michigan again. Mm-hmm. None of those teams outside of, I believe, uh, I don't think any of those teams are in the top 50 of the net mm-hmm. rankings currently. A lot of them are in that 80 to 100 range. Um, these are not games that can Nebraska can afford to lose, especially at home. Yeah, they three left at home. Um, wait, is that right? Four. Yeah, four left at home. You got to go four and three somehow in this seven. I mean, um, minimum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. If you don't go four and three, you're. You got to get to twenty wins. There's no way they're they're not they're not getting in if they don't get, get to, to 20. twenty. Yeah, especially with this end of the schedule. I will say one of their sound like a homer here. But one of the things is, I mean, their last this last week and a half has been pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, one teams they played, two of those games were overtime games, um, and then you have back to back overtime games, and then they came back home, and then they went to Northwestern. So you had two row games in a row there. Um, throw in Wisconsin who was number six at the time, and I think Nebraska broke Wisconsin actually. It seems like they may have, yeah, um, something. Uh, the wheels have you, started to fall off. A yeah, bit yeah, it's it's wild losing to Michigan. If you're Wisconsin, it's bad, isn't real bad. Good, um, but after Saturday, they have that bye week, mm-hmm. like in the middle of the week where they don't have a game. That's what's called bye week. So Saturday to Saturday games, mm-hmm. they're the last team in the Big Ten to have that bye week. Mm. So they need. I think good they need a little bit of a rest. Yeah, good timing for them. <laughs> they got get through, get through tomorrow, beat Michigan, because Michigan, you know, doesn't have their best, second best player traveling on the road still, still suspended for mm-hmm. the six games or whatever, and um, so that's that's huge. Uh, it, it it changes a ton. So got to get through tomorrow, um, get that win, and then you. Penn State's playing better. Like they're they are, two they're playing better. Like they're. They're playing better, so you you got to beat them. And then, can you win any road games at yeah. Indiana <laughs> at all? Yeah, <laughs> I at, mean, really, that's where we're at. Can they win any road games at all? Right. It, it, will Indiana by then in a week and a half? Will they will they just be done? Right? Will they just be like eh, whatever? Yeah. Well, at Ohio State, Ohio State is currently last in the league, and um, the wheels had fallen totally fallen all the off, way off there. Yes. Yeah. So like that one is a you know, look at and then at Michigan is an 11 a.m. game on a Sunday, and it's mm. one. It's 11 a.m. and Michigan just beat Wisconsin <laughs> at Michigan, and they will have their second best player. So you best or second best player playing in that game. So you, you know, is Rucker is senior night versus Rutgers the one where you're like just a bad matchup for them? But Rutgers is not good on the road either. No. no. I, Minnesota, for as bad as everyone, including me, thought they were at the beginning of the season when the season before the league play started, as bad as they they were projected to be, they're actually playing pretty well and they're getting okay. better. They're okay. Yeah. That game's not a layup. Not great, but they're means. okay. Yeah. They're what six six wins in the league, I think. So yeah. Um, yeah, they're right there in the mix. I mean, it's it's. I don't know if Nebraska can get the double buy, but they certainly can get a buy. Got to get got to get a single buy. I mean, yeah, you got to. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it's just because you, you just don't want to play that Wednesday game. Well, you end up in a real bad spot because especially because if you are playing the Wednesday game, even if your mm-hmm. resume looks good besides doesn't, that. It still doesn't look great. That l- losing the Wednesday game. Yeah, you'd be done. Almost automatically pushes you yeah. off the bubble. Like it's yeah. a, we saw that, what was it, 2018? Yeah. Yep. Almost, the, exactly exa- what it, uh, almost yep. the exact same thing happened, they right? They just needed a one win in the tournament. Yes, and had they gotten the bye, they probably didn't need that win. How about right? just don't get that, don't get to the point where you need to win, where you have to win that game. Just go, you know, four and three or five and two. I think you got to go five and two to avoid needing. They could go five and two with the remaining schedule. Uh, No, I think they could easily go six and one with the remaining schedule. That's I don't. I mean, I think seven to know is too much to ask because seven game winning streaks are difficult to come by at any time. College basketball, but six and one I think is really reasonable with the with the schedule. At Indiana is going to be a little tough. Yeah. Like, it's just a tough place. I mean, Ken Palm's got that a a coin flip game right now, but they've got Nebraska on the right side of it. You know, I mean, I know I go to Ken Palm all the time, but he's got them going 6-1 and on the way out in terms of – now there's a couple coin flip games in there. Very doable. There's uh, three coin flip games in there. So if those go the other way, obviously things could could swing for them. But um, I I do think – it's a it's a manageable thing to do what they need to. The question is, will they do what they need to? Yeah, it, it just man, just the way like the way they played against Northwestern, just coming out so flat. It's a little horrifying. It was. It's it, scary it's moving little, forward. Yeah, you're like. Oof. We'll find out today. I mean, uh, there's media, media, yeah. media availability today. I'd be interested to see what Hoiberg's yeah. kind of response was to how they play, how they've practiced yesterday. Um, he said they were going to practice late yesterday and then obviously practice today, but see how healthy they are, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Eli Rice is the only, you know, contributor that's been out, but he's not like, you know, it's not like rink mass. Yeah. He's been right, out. Right, right. So it's, it's a little different there. I, yeah, it's uh, got to beat Michigan. Like yeah. they're eight and 15. You got to beat Michigan. I, I don't care. Like, you got to beat the teams while they're down. Yeah. You got to beat the Michigans while they're down. You got to beat the Ohio States mm-hmm. while they're down. You have to beat those teams. Yeah. And they and you got to, you know, communicate on a simple flare screen, which they did not do on Wednesday nights, particularly in the first half. Like, that's just basic stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like week one. It's practice. Yeah, you stuff. just talk it. Yeah. yeah. We're talking college, high school or whatever. High school, you're even supposed to talk. But, like, like at that level, you got to. You got to – they just didn't play well. They came out flat. It's just – that's it. Jamarcus Lawrence coming off the bench, well, he was like the only – him and Juwan Garrett were the only ones that were effective on Wednesday. Um, I'd be interested to see if they go back to Lawrence starting and Gary in the back in the starting lineup because he hasn't been starting since he came back from the injury. Mm-hmm. Um well, injury plus one game. And then uh, – and so that – you know, they they like that big lineup against Illinois a lot, and then they went to it to start the game against Northwestern. It didn't Didn't work. go well. Um, so I, I wonder if Lawrence will be back. Or you just have Lawrence be more off the ball and you have Bryce Williams because Lawrence playing that mm-hmm. kind of lead guard thing is – wasn't – it was in a funk there for a minute. Um, so it will be interesting to see what they – what they do there, what the starters look like. Um, Josiah Alec it did not play good on Wednesday. Um, 
So maybe he's back to coming off the bench in his original role, which they thought was going to be his role going into the season. Just the energy. Yeah, guy off the bench. So uh, him and Hoiberg off the bench with that energy would be nice. Absolutely. That's Mike Sauter. He's not going to be sticking around with us because he's got to get on the road. Yeah, I got to get going. I got stuff to do. Too much to do today, but Andrew and I will jump back into some Super Bowl coverage coming up next. We're going to hit that War Horse prop card that we've been talking about all month and get some of our picks there. Mike, we appreciate your time as always. Hey, Andrew, good seeing you, my man. Hey, see you, buddy. Hey, appreciate you, for real. Hey, I love you, man. All right. More Hard Experts coming up next. Listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome back to Hurt at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me, and we are going to do a little modified War Horse Sportsbook sports cleanup here because it is Super Bowl week and we are uh, we've been talking to you all month about the prop card challenge, right? The $100,000 prop card challenge, $20,000 grand prize drawing as part of the War Horse Festival of Games. You've got through tomorrow to get those picks on your prop card in and get those entries validated. If you need instructions on how to do that, go to warhorsecasino.com. They will have all the information you need. What I can tell you is you've got to be a Warhorse Rewards member, and you had to have gotten some entries uh, before February 1st, but you can find out everything you need to know, warhorsecasino.com. You'll have to go to the casino in Lincoln to validate those entries. Warhorse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. So for our cleanup today, we're going to go through some of the props that are on that card for the $100,000 prop card challenge. Um, we are not eligible, A, because we didn't validate the entries yet because Andrew <laughs> peaced out to St. Louis. Sorry. But B, also I think because we endorse I don't know that we can win anyway. So, um, But we're going to try and help you guys out. We're going to try and help you win the $100,000 by going through some of these props. First, though, I want us each to give our Super Bowl score prediction. Let's, Let's get that it. out of the way. I'm going to do prediction, MVP, and my favorite prop, not necessarily from the sheet, but just rapid fire um, what I saw here. So for me, listen, I can't pick against my 49ers. The, um, I, I know logically, you know, everybody's picking the Chiefs. I, I know that the 49ers are a slight favorite in Vegas, but, you know, analytics and experts are picking the Chiefs. I have a hard time picking against Mahomes, but – Listen, I'm a 49ers fan. I'm going to pick my Niners. I've got uh, San Francisco 27, Chiefs 23. My MVP, I've been teasing this a little bit all week. I've got Debo Samuel as my MVP. If you make that bet, by the way, it's plus 2,000. At least it was yesterday. So make a little coin on Debo if he ends up being the MVP. Here's my prop that I like. It's the over-under for the longest pass completion for both Purdy and Mahomes. The... Over pays out minus 110 for both of these. I actually like the over on both. Brock Purdy's is actually longer than Patrick Mahomes is. Purdy's is 37 and a half yards. Mahomes is 36 and a half yards. I, I if they'll if they'll let me, and we'll see. I kind of want to parlay those both. Take the over on both. Maybe get a little plus money on longest 
pass completion for both teams. All right, Andrew, where are you at? Well, you know I don't want the Chiefs to win. I know. So, I know. so we're we're on the same page there. I have the 49ers 23, the Chiefs 17. I think it's going to be a low-scoring okay. affair because of these two defenses. I think the 49ers are going to catch back up to who they once were, and the Chiefs are already performing a lot better than a lot of people expected they would this season. And here's the number I like to pay attention to when I look at betting on, on teams. I like seeing how the public is shifting the vote. And despite being favorites, everyone will be betting on the Chiefs, right? Despite the 49ers as favorites, the plus two is so enticing that people want that. But Vegas doesn't want that in the end, right? Mm -hmm. Vegas doesn't want to award the the public. They want to to award the Sharps. Mm -hmm. And so as I watched kind of the money move, 70% of the bets and 75% of the money is on Kansas City when it comes to that spread. Yet the line moved to two and a half in favor of San Francisco yesterday. Hmm. So all the money is coming in on one team, the dog. Why would it again move in favor of San Francisco so that it entices more people to bet the dog? Hmm. Which makes me believe that San Francisco is going to win this game by three points at least. So I'm putting my money on San Fran. I think Vegas is manipulating you. Don't buy into that. I have Christian McCaffrey <laughs> as my MVP. And my prop is Kelsey anytime touchdown. I know B. Edwards likes the first touchdown for Kelsey. And there's reason for that. Because over the last three postseasons, he scored eight out of the nine Chiefs playoff games. And he scored the Chiefs' first touchdown in five of those six games. So if you want to get juicy and bet that plus 800, you can. But I'm going to stick with the anytime. There we go. All right, let's start running through some of these prop cards. We've got about five minutes here left in the segment. Let's start. You're, you're going to just fire some at me. I'm going to go gut reaction. Um, I looked at these earlier, but I didn't really make my, my picks pre, pre-programmed. I'm just kind of wanted to know what I was getting into. But Andrew's going to fire these off rapid fire. We're going to see if we can help you. And listen, um, I, I don't know if I'm actually going to help you because I don't know if this is going to be good advice or not. But uh, either way, uh, we're going to try and get through some of these prop card challenges. I'll tell you too, Ravi. Sometimes the best, uh, like the best things to fill out, are the ones that you don't really uh, know a whole bunch about, like March Madness brackets, yep. for example. So when you hear it, all I want you to do is say it. Okay. Hear it, say it. Okay. 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 And there may not be an alien invasion on this prop card <laughs> list, but there is. Will the national anthem be over or under the two-minute length? Under. Who will win the opening coin toss? Kansas City. What will be the first offensive play call, run or pass? Pass. Which team will score more points in the first half? San Francisco. Or would it be a tie? You still going with San Fran or the tie? San Francisco. What will be the first scoring play of the game? Touchdown, field goal, or safety? Touchdown. Which team will kick the first field goal, or will there be no field goals in the game? Kansas City. Which team will score the longest touchdown, or will it be a tie? San Francisco. Will there be a two-point conversion attempt after a touchdown? Attempt? Yes. Will a quarterback throw for 300 or more yards? Yes. Which team will score the shortest touchdown, or will it be a tie? San Francisco. Which team will have the most sacks, or will it be a tie? San Francisco. Which running back will have the most rushing yards, or will it be a tie? Christian McCaffrey. Which team will win the game? San Francisco. Will the margin of victory be more than six points? No. Who will win the MVP award of the game? 
Quarterback or any other position? Any other position. Which team will score last? Oh, my gut said Kansas City. How many interceptions will be thrown during the game? Zero to one, two to three, or four or more? Two to three. What will the what will be the final digit of the combined first half points? Zero to two, three, four, five, six, or seven to nine? Uh, three, four. I think <laughs> I'm not sure I understand that question. <laughs> what will be the final digit of the combined first half points? So say so it, if it was like fourteen, seven, okay, yeah, then it would be seventeen. You'd take seven to nine. So you're going three, four still? Wait, hold on. Say that one more. Is it the, just the final digit or the whole thing? So you combine the first half points. Yeah. And then it's the final digit of that combined number. So if it's like 14 to 10, then it's four. It, it would be 24. So yes, four would be that number. Yeah, I'll stick with three to four. All right. Sorry. Math we, is we got, math and numbers is hard. I don't know, man. <laughs> Will the jersey number of the player to score the first touchdown be an odd or an even number? Uh, I'm going to go odd. Will the total combined points scored be an odd or even number? Well, what did I say? I said 27-23, so even. How many total touchdown passes will be thrown by both quarterbacks? Zero to three, four to seven, eight to 11, holy cow, <laughs> or 12 or more? If it's 12 or more, we will be up until the show starts on Monday. That will be the longest game in history, but... Um, <laughs> I think three, so zero to three. If it's 12 or more, that's like <laughs> when we talked about the baseballs being juiced in the World Series when everybody was just hitting home runs. <laughs> that's like Big 12 football right there if, the, <laughs> if we get 12 or more. <laughs> Definitely not Big 10. After kickoff and the first national commercial break, what will be the first product to advertise? An adult beverage, a tech product, or other? I mean, I was thinking Budweiser, so I'm going to go adult beverage. Which receiver tandem will have the most combined receiving yards? Kelsey Rice, Samuel and Ayuk, or it will be a tie? I'm going to go Samuel Ayuk. Will the total points scored in the first half be an odd number or an even number? I'm going to go even number. Well, yeah, if you went four, so yeah, 14, 10, yeah, that would yeah. make sense. I, I had to remember. I was like, where did I say I was going to be? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that question is pretty much the same as the one earlier. Yep. Just written differently so you can either get those both right or both wrong and then finally which team will force the first turnover kansas city san francisco or there will be zero turnovers in the game i think kansas city forces the first turnover okay there you go that's the prop card that's ravi's ravi's rapid reaction <laughs> prop card those are all gut reactions um no, I think I think Kansas City. I think Brock Purdy throws an early interception and then settles down and starts to cook. I think well, that's, there you go. I think that's what it's going to be. Um, we are coming back to wrap up the show here on a Friday. Somebody's banging on a door here. I don't know what's going on. Uh, hey, we no, will. <laughs> nothing surprises me anymore. At nothing least, surprises me there. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening. We will wrap up the show and we will do our food, our Super Bowl party food draft coming up next year on Herd at Sports Radio. Listening to Hurt at Sports Radio.
wrap, wrap it up. Wrap it up the show here on Burnout Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN, Omaha, ESPN, Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. I'm Robbie Mula, Andrew Rogers here with me. And as we uh, bring this show to an end, we wanted to do a Super Bowl party food draft. We uh, did this for Thanksgiving on a Thanksgiving food draft and uh, it was a lot of fun. It's just a dumb little exercise, but uh, I enjoy doing it. So Andrew put together a list of foods, uh, drinks, and a wild card category, as I'm going to call it. And he, he, I, and Cam will be drafting from this list. So Andrew, I will let you take over from here. So uh, I, I changed the beverage list as well. So okay. Originally, it was beer. It was hard alcohol. It was soda. But I made it specific soda, specific hard alcohol, mm. and specific beer to make it a little more challenging okay. or to get somebody to um, like choose that category early. I wanted to try to sway a few things. So in the food category, you have your, your typicals, your wings, your pizza, your sliders. You have nachos, hot dogs, and pretzels. Those are kind of your main course items there. And then you have your dips. You have queso, salsa, and guac. That's all one, right? That's all one. That is all one. That is correct. That is all one. You have buffalo chicken dip, and you have spinach artichoke dip. Those three were the top three in terms of party dips for the Super Bowl. So that's why they're on there in no particular order. And then you have the drinks. Okay, I'm excited. Here's where it gets interesting. I'm nervous. Beer is Bush Light. The hard alcohol is Tito's Vodka. Okay. And your soda is Diet Pepsi and Pepsi. <laughs> okay, here's my question on the Tito's. Do we have any mixers? Are we drinking this straight? <laughs> you get a mixer, <laughs> but it has to be a juice. Okay, so I could do like orange juice and do like screw- yes. screwdrivers for the whole game. That is correct. Okay. You are not just drinking. You're not Russian. You're not <laughs> just drinking <laughs> juice. I didn't know if we were just going like straight pulls from the Tito's bottle or what. I was like, man, I mean, depending on how this game goes, that might be where I'm at by the fourth quarter. But uh, I don't want to start that way. You know what I mean? Correct. And then you have your, your specialty category. Okay. You have to listen to one Taylor Swift song on the way to your party, whether you're hosting it or you're carrying these items to your party. And those party items are Bad Blood, Shake It Off, and 22. Those are the songs that you have to choose from uh, to go or listen to before the game. All right. Now we have Cam joining us on the stream. He's participating. He's filling in for Shane this week. What up, Cam? Robbie got to start for the Waste Management Draft. I did, yeah. I did. So, Cam, since you're the newcomer, I'm going to let you choose the position you want to be in for this draft. It's a snake draft. So, if you could mm. pick third, then you picked first in the second round. Okay. Or you could pick first overall, but you don't pick until pick number six then yeah. in that next round. So, you get to choose where you want to start. Cool. And I like that. I'm glad it's a snake draft because, I mean, all those foods are delicious. So, I will take third position because I'm going to lock down my drinks, is what okay. I'm going to do. All right. So, Robbie, I'm going to put you at two Fair. because you started the waste management, and I'll kick this thing off with wings. Give me wings at my Super Bowl party. Okay. You know, I think that's fair. Um, you know, I'm, I, I really enjoy a good hot dog. Um, I'm a little – I almost I don't want to go drink this early. I feel like it's too early, but um, I'm going to go 
I'm going to go safe here. I'm going to go pizza. I'm shocked that you didn't go with your diet soda. I really am. I really am shocked. <laughs> I thought about it. I really did. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you say the pretzels, are the, Are they just like regular tiny little pretzels, or are they like no, the, no, no. Like the Aunt Annie's like, type? Your big yeah, warm pretzels with like nacho with cheese, nacho whatever. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, give yeah. me that. That's what I'll take for Ooh, my Okay, food. interesting. Yeah, interesting first food pick. Because the pretzels are got, about to make me really thirsty. That's true. Yeah. So you got to get your you got to get your drink. Get my now. drink in there. These pretzels are making me thirsty. That's right. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Uh, so then, are we on to round two now? Yeah. You're yes. you're I'll up. I'll take number one. I'll take I'll take that bush light. Tall boys for a tall boy. Okay. Right. I'm not. Back, I'm, back to Robbie. I'm not letting. I'm not uh, having any uh, chances with getting stuck with Tito. So I am going to go diet Pepsi here. Darn it, son of a gun. I almost, I almost took diet soda just to take a kicker in the first round with the first overall pick so Robbie couldn't have it. Andrew, you're going to be wasted by the end of this thing. <laughs> Hammer. Right. Right. I kind of have to be. As a Bears fan, I have to drown yeah. my sorrows in something. In Tito's, apparently. All right, so Robbie's getting soda, diet soda, but it has to be Pepsi because I was trolling him because he only drinks Diet Coke. Um, That's all right. I can do Diet Pepsi. Not a big deal. I can do that. Uh, for me, because I, I, I'm stuck with Tito's now and no one else can take a drink, so that's the best thing. I don't have to take that until the final pick. Yeah. Um, I am going to mm, – I'm going to take – I'm going to take Buffalo Chicken Dip as Ooh. my next pick because I get back-to-back here. Yep. So I'll take Buffalo Chicken Dip and – there's no way I'm getting stuck with a bad Taylor Swift song. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious which of these three you think is bad. I know. <laughs> I don't want to say it. Take it. Um, I feel like we can get down and dirty to bad blood. <laughs> you got the Kendrick Lamar version, right? Yeah, you're yeah, good to I go. We can get down and dirty. So I'm going to say bad blood for me here. Okay, this is. I'm glad this is left. This is an upset for me. Uh, I want nachos, man. Give me my nachos. Okay, nachos for Robbie. I think. Uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll take the spin art. I think that'll go with good with some pretzels. Ooh. You know what? That is actually a really I, good. Pick. I love spinach artichoke yeah, dip. That's, like, that's a good, a good pick. Yeah. Spin dip, and then you get one more pick here. Uh, Cam, you can take a Taylor Swift song or another food <laughs> item. The food items, food items we have left are. Sliders, queso, and hot dogs. Yes, but Ham already took a dip, so he has to take hot dogs or sliders. There we go. Okay. Well, let me just – I don't know the song 22 by Taylor Swift. Right off the top of my head. I don't know about I, you, but I'm yeah. feeling 22. So I'll take Shake It Off just because at least I know that one. Uh-huh. And I could jam Yes. Robbie got stuck with it. I'll All right. It. Is that the Is that the one that was bad? Oh, man, I don't want to listen to that song at all. <laughs> I'll be honest. See, I, I was saving my Taylor Swift song for last because I looked at these three, and I was like, man, I like all these three. No big deal. I'm good. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. 22 is actually You Belong With Me. <laughs> Still fine. I'm okay there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that song I know. Um, okay, so is it my turn? It is your turn. You actually can take – well, you're stuck with – I think you're done. You either have the song or the queso, salsa, and guac. So you choose either or. Okay, I will go uh, queso because, again, I nobody's got a song left, so I'll go queso here. Uh-huh. 
Yep. Yeah, I'm okay Elsa with that. And guac. That's actually a good, a good uh, it's a combo. I like that. There. I've got a kind of nice um, combo here. I'm so feeling for me, good. I'm going to take. I'm going to take sliders because I think that'll pair well with the wings, like burger sliders. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and or I could go like an all chicken outing and do like fried chicken <laughs> sliders. No, we'll do with burgers. Um, and then I'm going to do Tito's vodka and juice. There it is. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, this is a good list, guys. This Andrew is list. just going to be annihilated here. All right, Andrew's <laughs> going to put those out on Twitter, I believe. And yeah, I'm going to read them off one more time, though, so that everybody can see or hear their choices again. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. So, Cam, he's taking pretzels, yeah. spin dip, and hot dogs as his food item to his party. Okay. Uh, he's also carrying a case, case of bush light, maybe a couple, who knows. And he's listening to shake it off. It on sounds the way. like it sounds like I'm going to a little league game or something. <laughs> Pretzels and bush light, some spin Two art. Two cases of bush light to a little league game. It's like T-ball and yeah, Cam yeah. is like, let's go. I'm yelling at the umps, man. I'm yelling at him. He's tailgating T-ball games. It's coach pitch, and he's like, this guy's terrible. We have Ravi taking home pizza, nachos. Queso, salsa, and guac to his party. He's also got a few cases of diet soda, along with maybe some regular soda. And he's listening to 22. I feel great. I feel great about my draft. <laughs> and he's feeling 22. Maybe he's feeling more like 18 since he can't drink alcohol at his Super Bowl. I can. I just don't want to. I'm good. <laughs> and then I myself am taking wings, buffalo chicken dip, and sliders. Uh, I got the Tito's vodka and juice. And we are uh, we are jamming out to bad blood on the way to my party. Nice. So we'll put those on Twitter and we'll let people vote. All right, just about 90 seconds left here. I, I wanted to leave more time for this, Andrew, but this that's how we go. We just run out of time all the time. Um, how fitting. First, I just wanted to say thank you so much for everything you've done the last few months. I know I said it with DB. I said it on Twitter, but I want to say it to you directly. I don't think there would be a morning show left if it weren't for the work you did the last few months and totally changing your plans, sacrificing time away from your fiance to be here with us the last few months. I thank you so much for that. And um, we will greatly miss you on the morning show, but I'm sure we will still see each other quite often. And, uh, of course, I'll be down in St. Louis for the wedding. So um, really appreciate you so much, man. I'll give you the last minute to say whatever you've got. My man, I appreciate those words a ton because uh, you've been just a, a blessing to work with Shane as well, DB, the whole herd at sports team. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Um, you know, I, I'll be forever grateful for the time I spent in Omaha and I couldn't be more thankful to the people of Nebraska because that's what people keep asking me here. Like, who do you miss the most? And I'm like, it's the people like I I just miss the camaraderie of, of, of the of the different relationships I had in that area. Um, you know, thank you to, to UNO for bringing me to Omaha in the first place. And that's where I got my start. And then that's where Bill discovered me doing my thing at Hurt at hockey or at, um, Hurt at hockey at Omaha hockey <laughs> games. And then, you know, I, I ended up getting brought on to Hurt at to start Hurt at sports. And I spearheaded that with Sasha and Anna. And we built this awesome team. I mean, we have like 25 people there. So I just couldn't be more thankful to them taking a chance on a sports junkie like me as young as I am and trusting me uh, to bring an awesome product to both radio and social media daily. 
Um, and you know, it, it just was time for me to start a new chapter in my life with me getting married and uh, wanting to establish some roots somewhere and be closer to family. That's why I chose that this was probably the right time for me to move. Um, but I, I, I'm super thankful that I can stay with the team, at least in some capacity. I'm going to miss all the listeners, all the interaction, the daily talks like this. But you know what? I'll call in from time to time. You guys call me. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have we'll, we'll we'll shoot it. And, um, you know, yeah, it, it's it's. It's cliche, but it's not goodbye. It's see you later. Andrew, thank you so much. Uh, wish you and Ashley nothing but the best. And it's not like, again, it's not like goodbye. We'll be around each other plenty. I know you're coming back up for special events and things like that. But uh, we love you to death here. Thank you so much for all you've done. And uh, congratulations on, on getting to be back closer to family and, and finally finally living in the same state as your fiance again. <laughs> I know. Five months, a uh, long time coming. So she's happy. I'm happy. Uh, it's, it's a good life change for me. Well, thank you. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man.